0: get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games In Regina, welcome inside game day after dark. Darren bombing Zach Schnitzer. I'm in Regina, uh, borrowing a hotel room for the post game show here. Uh, Zach back at uh, home base in Winnipeg. We witnessed just an unbelievable, razor thin, tight football game. The bombers come ahead with the victory 20. 18, Winnipeg locks down a playoff spot for sure. The Riders drop back to 500 on the season. Thanks to everybody for joining us live here uh, on the channel. Zach, first thoughts on uh, that Blue Bombers victory. What a game.
1: You know what my first thoughts are? And it's it's nothing too uh, sexy or anything, Darren. I mean, we won on Labor Day, which in the past for the Bombers would have been... Cause for, you know, running around naked around your block, which i surely would have done, but this one was different because this is a different team. And, you know, they were down 14, nothing, Darren. And -hmm. I thought to myself, okay, this is the kind of team that can come back from this. I'm not sure that they will, but they can. And they tie it up at 17 at half. And then the third quarter happens and it's just this defensive struggle because these are two good defenses. But as banged up as the Bombers were to pull it out like that and they do it in a workmanlike. like uh, Danny Austin, our, our buddy from Calgary called it a little bit boring, but they're disciplined, Aaron. Yeah, They don't beat themselves. They don't take stupid penalties, which is ultimately, in my opinion, what killed the Riders. They were in field goal range three times. Lowther misses one. Penalties take them out of another. And then it's a pick. It's that classic late game Cody Fajardo pick. So the Bombers just let let the game come to them. They trust the process. It ain't super sexy or pretty sometimes, although those, those TD passes by Zach were ridiculous. But... But they win, and this is the thi- this is the type of win on the road, on Labor Day. That is a signature win for a dynasty, for a championship
0: team. It, well, it isn't this isn't this a signature win with like the way the Bombers did it? Keeping yes. it kind of tight all game, but just making it happen when it matters. Mark Leggio, yes. Ranked- One-point margin in the game after they allow the single point. Everybody kind of clenching their teeth at that moment. Uh, 55-yard field goal on the road. Leggio gets it through and uh, gives the Blue Bombers the lead that eventually hung on to to be the margin. What's up, Steve Smith? Yes, what a game indeed. Thanks for joining us and also pairing your Facebook uh, channels To bonfire sports uh you guys can look into that if you want to uh share our show with your social media followers uh as well uh Zach Kolaris Zach really stood out to me tonight you mentioned those touchdown passes a lot of people were saying like Nick Dembski's catch phenomenal catch no question I had one person in my Twitter replies say that was all Dembski no Zach Caleros put it exactly where it needed to be, where the defender could not get it. Who is that defender? The guy yesterday called special, and that's Derek Moncrief. Uh, the touchdown pass to Dalton Schoen, tiptoeing the sideline in the end zone. Perfect pass where only Schoen could get it. Kalaris finished the day 63%. Uh, a lot of those incompletions coming. In the latter part of the game, uh, went 15-24 to 24 for 214 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, got the job done. The run game really wasn't there uh, when when talking about the, the Blue Bombers offense, uh, Zach. Uh, Brady Oliveira, 3.2 yards per carry, had 12 for 38 yards. You texted me during the game saying they just can't keep pounding it up the middle, but they did. I, Your thoughts on that, and then I'll share mine. Well,
1: here's the thing. I am always shouting for the sidelines or at the TV when they keep pounding it up the middle, Darren, and it doesn't work. You know, they're big. They're getting for three yards, right? But that's their identity. They're a power run team. And I'm like, okay, I get it's your identity, but it's not working. The, the Riders beat them in time of possession and offense. It, it, it led to a lot of second and longs against a fearsome front seven, as you'll see in the CFL. But right on cue, when they were up 2018, the sweep to Dembski gives them a big eight yards. And I thought, wow, like that is exactly like it's like Buck was just saving it for just when he needed it, Darren. And then wow. you see Prukop on, on se- like it's it's only Prukop and Cornelius I see going for it in the wedge package on second and two. And he gets it with ease. And they're just salting away the clock. And it's just smart football. Now, mm-hmm. I, I was Buck banking on the fact that the riders would beat themselves because you might want to argue that we'll have to talk about that on Tuesday for my sober second thought. But I don't know, man. Like, you saw that big McCray uh run outside the numbers in the first yeah. half, you didn't see it again. There, there were, I didn't see a lot of hitches or screens, but it's just not who they are, they are who we thought they were, and they won. <laughs> Easy, Dennis. One <laughs> right. <laughs> and Legio, to knock the Legio. <laughs> Legio, like yeah. Legio, Darren. Like you think you're sweating? Think of how the fans were sweating when this guy lines up for an effing 55 yard field goal in the fourth quarter. Brett Lowther's the one that was three for three in field guards field goals over 50 yards, and here's Leggio. I don't think he'd attempted one over 48 and he nailed it with five yards to go. He nailed it. And then that step around, he beat the the punt block. That was a thing of beauty. He looked like a ballerina. That was a barista. Yeah. Unreal. Uh, Unreal game by Legio. But listen, man, that's why we love the CFL because it's those special teams plays. That could make the difference, but everybody on the chat, I mean, this is insane. The chat we have here. So happy to be back. Finally got my spot back from Hamilton. He was, he was hanging on for dear life, but I have about a hundred pounds on him and we've already got a hundred messages. Two things, Darren, shout out to my mother-in-law. who's watching at Falcon Lake wearing her new away Jersey that says one, number one, mother-in-law and two, we got to talk about this Marino hit because people are st- we don't usually, you know, jump in front of things, but people are steaming mad like everyone's talking about this. I saw someone who listened to the post game say that the command center reviewed it and elected not to throw the flag. But uh, I know you had to hop out of there before. But folks, yeah. tell us what you what you saw on that hit. I was making some notes, so I didn't really see it. I just saw Zach get up and was kind of, uh, you know, kind of uh, rotating his throwing arm. But everybody's in saying that was a right garbage now, look, hit.
0: Describe the Garrett yeah. Marino hit on Kolaris in the live yeah. chat right now. I, I love this comment from Kevin Capitoler. If it's the Kevin Capitoler I know. Shout out St. James. What's going on, Kevin? Longtime pod listener, first-time streamer. Thanks for coming over. Uh, leg day, Kevin Capicola. Yeah. Don't <laughs> skip leg day. 55-yard FTW for the win. Uh, what a, a way to finish a Labor Day Classic. That was neck and neck the whole way. Um, back to the Blue Bombers offense. Zach, I'm kind of with you. I, I think we're on the same page. Everything in Buck Pierce's system works out of play action, works out of a power run game. I think that's why Brady Oliveira struggled a little bit early in the season, because they were kind of trying to establish the things yeah. they wanted to do, to do, the base offense. Yeah. Then it started to open up midseason, right? And, yep. you know, the, the night and day that was the road game in Edmonton and then the road game in Calgary, uh, I think really started to, um, you know, spread the wings of what this offense could be. Let's not put it past the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for a second. That defensive line with Charleston Hughes, Pete Robertson, like all-star level play, no question in my mind this yep. year. AC Leonard, Demarcus Christmas. Yep. Uh, Brown had the fumble recovery on the, the Robertson strip sack. Uh, and then, of course, Darnell Sankey in the middle. Larry Dean at weak side. Derek Moncrief at the dime. That's a... That's an off-the-charts front well, seven. That's the, that's the best
1: linebacking core in the league. You know, if and Winnipeg's, Winnipeg's linebacking right core was healthy, maybe they go toe-to-toe. But even then, buddy, like, those are those are some marquee names, right? Now, and so you try and run it up the gut.
0: Yeah. With that defensive front, this is what stood out to me. 50% the Blue Bombers were on second down conversions. They did have, I think it was five uh, two-and-outs throughout the game. I think Saskatchewan finished with three. Uh, The Riders put up 21 first downs. Winnipeg put up 16, uh, nine of them by rushing. We should spend a little bit of time talking about Frankie Hickson and the the game he had, Zach. This guy isn't just like small and shifty and quick. He has power. He breaks tackles like nobody's business. 15 carries for 85 yards has 5.7 yards per carry and then chipped in three catches for 20 yards as well. Uh, all of those yards in the receiving game after the catch. So um, especially early in the game, I think that that game opening drive, Zach, probably uh, you know uh, stuck in Blue Bombers fans' minds and uh, you know all the way up until halftime, maybe even beyond, because Saskatchewan was just moving, moving, moving. There was a lot of criticism from Bomber Nation on Winnipeg's defense, especially early in the game. Second half was a different story. You know what? I, I wasn't surprised. Like
1: my, When I thought about the game, and this is why I didn't take the three and a half, I thought, you know, I think Winnipeg's going to, I wouldn't be surprised if they won on Labor Day. You know, this is a different type of team, right, Darren? And, and same similar type of team to last year. This mm-hmm. is a championship team. This is a dynastic team. I thought the Riders had a decent path to win this game because of the of the injury to Clements, you know, you had to bring in Briggs. Uh, they're not they're not quite as fast in the middle there, right? Against the run. Uh Rutledge is a good run stopper. I thought we'd see a little bit more Malcolm Thompson, uh maybe helping in the linebacking core. He has done that. But yep. but I knew that that they could run on us and teams have run on us up the middle. When you lose Kyrie Wilson and you lose, um, mercy masted Darren, you know, it's, it's tough. And and as much as the riders blow chunks in pass protection and they gave up <laughs>
0: a lot of chunks, <laughs> right? Ooh, that's, yeah. a, I, you know what, that's a, that's a pretty good, uh, turn of phrase there. Giving up chunks by, well, i let yeah. you say it. Uh, and not just
1: sacks, but but it's so many pressures, right? You saw Cody throw the ball away. You throw a whole, you saw holding penalties, um, so I knew that they could run the ball. And then you had uh, Parker on the on the weak side, right? And it's a halfback position that's very hard against the waggle for a rookie. And I thought if they can get the ball out quickly once they establish the run, they yeah. could rack up some yards on us. And they have a good D line. So my key to the game, and I stole it from you guys from your from your amazing car ride podcast. Oh yeah, uh, going on to Regina. I think you were <laughs> somewhere fun. between Brandon and Weyburn or something. Somewhere, um, That's unknown. Somewhere, you know. You guys said the key to the game is is the Bombers O line. Can they hold up? Can they hold up enough? And and they did. I mean, they got beat sometimes. There was a play where Hardrick got absolutely pancaked by Pete Robertson. Uh, you saw uh, even Stanley Bryant sometimes holding on for dear life. That, that, that's the best, maybe the best front seven in the league. If you if you combine the linebackers and the, and the D line, I know we have the Jeffs right, and they caused havoc, but. There was a pathway to win, and I almost wonder where the whether the Riders sort of beat themselves in this one, Darren. I know people don't like to hear that, mm-hmm. but I try and be an objective fan. And when you lose field position because of Duke Williams, who's not even dressed, takes a 10-yard penalty to take them out of field goal range? Are you, you freaking kidding you me? Think?
0: He was chirping away at the bombers players near his bench.
1: Unbelievable. I thought it was Moore at first who got tackled, but man, like when you do and the you're in your own barn on freaking Labor Day and you're taking time count violations? You can't do that on Labor Day. But but it's these it's this undisciplined team, and I put it on Craig Dickinson. This is a guy who's the head coach the leader of the team, and he needs to keep them in line. And Mm -hmm. he lets way too much crap go. If I parented my kids like that, my daughter would be down here right now, eating chocolate, staying up late, acting like a banshee. And who would be to blame? Me. Well, probably your mother. No, just kidding. My mother-in-law is actually listening for the first time live. But, you know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) awesome person.
1: One of my favorite people. Um, first Labor Day we haven't watched together for a while but my daughter had a birthday today and I missed half the third quarter because I was putting my son to bed he took isn't,
0: isn't that the beautiful thing isn't God that the beautiful it. thing Zach about <laughs> the Labor Day Classic isn't that the beautiful thing that it reminds you of how you normally take it in or those years gone by oh, what was yeah, Labor Day moment. Oh, remember back in, in 2019, we went here on the Saturday night before the game. Or do you remember that drive home in 2016? That was ridiculous. Like all yeah. of those things, uh, who you watch the game with, how you take it in, whether you make the trip or not. Tons of Bomber fans in the city. Uh, I I wouldn't say last night too, too much. I know uh, the Bombers team put on a uh, party at Crave here uh, on Victoria Avenue, but uh, especially today uh, from breakfast right through to the game, lots of Bomber fans amongst the uh, Green Loyals uh, and the locals uh, here in Regina. Zach, I want to throw a bit of a curveball at our audience. Compared to what we normally do here on game day after dark and huge shout out to all of you who are joining us live on Facebook and YouTube. Maybe you're watching on Twitter. If you are head over to youtube.com slash bonfire sports, jump into the live chat, give us your thoughts on today's bombers win 2018 over the riders and locking down a playoff spot now at 11 and one on the season. Okay. Here's the curveball, Zach. We normally wait till a little bit later in the show to get into our Walby's Warrior, our Westwood Wide to the right, our Happy Honker Award, our uh, Game Balls, all of those things. I think we should do it now. So jump right. into the live chat right now. Who is your player of the game? Who is your Walby Warrior? Those are two different things. Okay, <laughs> Zach, where, where, where do you want to start? We, we usually start with the, uh, the Walby's Warrior, right? A Warrior, absolutely. The okay, Warrior. Let's do one for 63 here then.
1: Yeah, um the warrior to me was was Mark Leggio because this guy, again, our only loss, you know, he kind of wore the goat horns for that. This is a second year player. You have uh you have the legend Troy Westwood saying how much of this game is mental, and he goes into the feistiest rat's dragon nest. Rat dragon. Nest? I don't know what a rat mm-hmm. dragon I was thinking of what is that, you know, hornet's nest. That's the a one, hornet's nest. yeah. A okay. green okay. hornet's nest. Yeah. The hardest place to play aside from the playoffs is Labor Day in Mosaic. And he hits a 55, I want to say the F word, but 55 yard field goal. Like he hit another, I believe, Darren, he hit another field goal. He he made all his point after attempts, and and he danced around the rush. If that punt gets blocked, I don't think we win this game. Mm-hmm. Such a two, it's a two point game. They would have had the ball in the red zone. It would have taken all the momentum away. Yes, rat dragon is is better than hornet waiters. Okay, okay, people like the rat dragon. Uh, Craig Smith, talk about a clutch kid like Lowther misses the fifty. Lowther misses the fifty-seven yarder, but yeah. Legio, like, talk about a warrior. And I'm talking about not a physical warrior, but but you know the way he danced around coverage there, Darren. Lots of people can hit fifty-plus field goals, but it's it's the mental warrior, it's the resilience there. And you've talked about it a lot with Kolaris, how the snap and clear, right? Makes a big mistake. He had a strip sack again in this game, just like Montreal. But he he puts it away. He put the Montreal game away. He played great last game. Uh, His kickoffs were good. The kick coverage was pretty good. No, Legio Legio was money.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Not not money medlock, but... uh, uh, Legs got the job done. Uh, Some of the people uh, in the live chat, Bob Man P says, Legio for MOP. Gregory (laughs) Liverpool, our good friend. Take care, Gregory. Understand uh, not feeling the best, but uh, glad you're with us. Uh, He says, legs and legs. Uh, Yeah, how about this? Uh, Mentioned by Matt Carr. That was the ultimate comeback kick. No kidding. That could have easily been a loss for Winnipeg in Regina, which opens things stings more uh, than, than other losses throughout the season. Um, of course. But, uh, huge comeback kick for Mark. And Leon. they were like, down by one,
1: Darren. Like they, yeah. like they were down by one. Right. I was shocked. I thought it was going to be some Mike O'Shea special teams uh, magic from, from back in the day. I was shocked to see him trot out there, but uh, our, our buddy Derek Taylor on, on OB said, uh according to the stats, uh mosaic is the easiest place to kick. Only followed only by IG Field. Um I don't care. 55 yard. I don't know. He had some stat about that. That it's the easiest field to kick in for you for know what? Say, I asked
0: I asked Mike O'Shea yesterday, uh at Mosaic during walkthrough about the wind. Because it was going to be hot, there could be gusts of wind, right? It's not just like a consistent wind. I understand it's it's a it's a bowl style. Stadium, there is that gap next to pill country where wind can come in. So, you know, I, I was sure to ask O'Shea about that. And he says, Yeah, absolutely. You have to get out there before the game, uh, mm-hmm. get a feel for it, understand what is possible. Uh, it seemed like the wind died down. I know sitting in the press box tonight when Brett Lowther rolled out for that 57 yarder, couple, you know, Regina based reporters were mentioning that that kick was with the wind. Mm-hmm. From that end into Pill Country, I'm not too sure. But Legio goes the other way, hits from 55, uh, absolutely huge one there. So I'm glad you picked Mark Legio as your Walby warrior. Can I just say one yeah. thing though, Darren?
1: I, I, I you know, Nobody like, right? I, I'll I'll give you an edge here, but here's the thing everybody's pissed off because you know O'Shea kicks off to the riders the beginning of the first half and they kick off to the riders the beginning of the second half and people are like what is he doing that's the one thing I don't like about o'Shea because you get the wind in the fourth quarter and yeah maybe there wasn't much of a win Darren but I don't know you don't make a you don't attempt a 55 yard kick for the win against the wind in the fourth quarter because if he misses that, yeah, that's coming back a long freaking way. You're you're on mid. You're you're past midfield. Mm-hmm. That's the game, possibly. Yes. So I just wanted to say that that there's a there's a method to Michael Shay's madness, and it's those little details that win you games. CFL yep. is very hard
0: to win games. We all know that. Especially you got to learn how to win, and those are the types of things you need to learn to do. Exactly. You know, a lot, a lot of people don't like the single points. I, I understand that. But after uh, Vedvik had that 78-yard punt single, uh, yeah. it set Winnipeg up on the 40. And, you know, Michael Shea talked about it uh, earlier this week and, and the week prior as well. 40 yards is where they put the ball now. 40. Last year it was 30. 35? 35, Either way. You're up to yeah. 40. You just need a couple first downs. Yeah. You need to move the ball, like, you know, one big chunk play or or move the chains a couple times, you're in field goal range. And Michael Shea knew that. So what's one point when you know you're confident you can score three? You have to be a little bit ballsy. You have yeah. to have some some uh, true confidence in your team and in your guys. And, in, you know, as the Blue Bombers always say, uh, play for the guy next to you. The Blue Bombers know how to win because they know when to take a – Calculated risk. It's never it's never going to be absolute and perfect and always work out. But Mike O'Shea was confident following that punt single. Like, what did they do? Dalton shown thirteen yards. Oliveira for three. So that left them second and seven. Then it was a thirteen yard hit to Drew Olitarski. Great catch by him uh, on that broken play, if I remember correctly. Then an incomplete pass. Then a Larry Dean holding or sorry, uh, holding penalty on Chris Kolankowski. Uh, yeah, on Mary Boone. that set them up second yeah. and 20 from the 47 uh then an incomplete pass well there they were second and, and and 20 uh or third and 20 on the 47 it's like well this is where we got to go from there's your calculated risk you give up that point you get you enough to at least move yeah. it just within mark legio's field goal range and it worked out that's a good football team making a calculated risk It doesn't always work out, but it did for Winnipeg tonight. And I think if you stick to your, um, you know, Mike O'Shea always says, um, or often says, you know, you got to kind of feel the flow of the game and and all of these things. It's never a textbook. Well, when this happens, when A happens, we go B or when C happens, we go D. It, it matters how the game is going, how your offense is moving, how your defense is playing, how your special teams are covering and kicking uh, and the rest Uh, But they put confidence in Mark Leggio, I think, uh, before anybody uh, or before anything else. Offense, defense, it was Leggio, you're our guy. Go out there, hit from 55, and he did. Um, Yeah, huge redemption kick for the man they call legs.
1: Absolutely. And people are talking about, just before we get your warrior there, Darren, Mm -hmm. you know, people are talking about the single point and the beauty of the single point. And I think that is the beauty of the single point because, you don't get that drama at the end of the game. You don't. I don't know that you try a fifty-five yard kick. Uh, well, first, of, you know, first of all, they wouldn't have been on the forty. But you don't. Do you try a fifty-five yard kick for the win if, if you're not down by one? I'm not sure. Uh, but it's it just adds a great wrinkle. And you know, uh, you know, O'Shea and, and the Mafia—they're dyed-in-the-wool Canadian football uh, junkies, man. They they play the game, they live the game, they mm-hmm. love the game. And they love every little nuance, man. And that's why the CFL is great. And that's why the Canadian Mafia is great. And they keep delivering, buddy. So who's your Walby's Warrior?
0: My Walby's Warrior tonight. And I'm glad you picked Leggio because then I can go in a different direction. But uh, yeah, huge shout out to uh, uh, you and and that pick of uh, Mark Leggio for Walby's Warrior. I'm going to give the Warrior to the five guys up front. I understand there were some penalties tonight, but uh, Winnipeg's offensive line did a good job against a viciously powerful, strong and fast stampede or, uh, rough riders, uh, defensive yeah. front. Uh, I, I, think, uh, Walby would agree with me too. Um, you know, Jeff Gray had a penalty, uh, Chris Kolonkowski, you know, uh, maybe not the best play, uh, all the time, but it's hard to, to be perfect, uh, on the road. In a place like Saskatchewan, with the fans and the crowd noise and the rest, it's not just the quarterback communicating on offense, it's the offensive line with each other. Chris Kolonkowski at center calling the the protections, and you know, t- Gray to Stanley Bryant and Pat Neufeld to Jamarcus Hardrick and back. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, that, that's who I'm giving my Wolby Warrior tonight. They, uh, they went out and got the job done and helped Winnipeg win.
1: That was the key to the game that you, Wyman, and Hamilton talked about in that, uh, uh you know. A beautiful triumvirate of a of a i <laughs> <That> was fun <laughs> of a road trip road. eh?
0: yeah that was fun on but the you road. guys
1: thought yeah that was great we're, gonna, to we're going
0: year. to do one tomorrow on our drive back so oh nice i was gonna say tour. you guys should it uh, won't be but, live because we'll be in the sticks we'll be somewhere right. in saskatchewan western manitoba they don't have wi-fi um, in saskatchewan right no. no no and when you walk outside your face feels dirty wait <laughs> does that come around? i can't remember anyway <laughs> uh so, Walby Warrior in the books, Leggio and the offensive line from you and I, Zach. Uh, you're Westwood wide to the right tonight.
1: Oh, you know, it's got to be Duke Williams. It, it, because he, here's the thing. Here, okay. A couple of notes I wrote down. Saskatchewan gives up the most sacks. Uh, they they have the most penalties in the league. And, and they're worst on second and long. And it was that middle point that burned them. And if you're a Rider fan... I I I there must be really I, I'd love to hear the post game and go on to riderfans uh, but there must be people just lathered in rage at Craig Dickinson because this is the riders threw everything they could at they threw their best punch, Darren. Mm-hmm. They threw their best, everything was working for them that needed to uh to win that game. And I'm not saying that was that one play took it away, but in a two point game, you're at home. It's not only his lack of discipline, but it was it was Marino's. He should have been flagged. People have been telling me he was two and a half seconds late. Uh, you know, like what are you doing? Like, like I said, the the you're at your own barn in the Labor Day Classic, and you're taking mm-hmm. time. Right. Had there was hands to the face. There was there there was a a holding on a return
0: that was a bit hands to the face, Jeff Gray got under the shoulder pad. There's kind of like that flap on the, the football shoulder pads. Well his hand got up under it and then it hit him in the face. So he' yeah, on the gray bad, one. Yeah. But It just came up to the face. Say hey, them's the breaks. I understand. He's a that. big dude, but the riders had one too, I think. And, and just, I don't
1: know the final hmm. numbers on their penalties. Maybe someone can tell us here. We, we got right to it here, Darren,
0: but uh, uh Saskatchewan had 12 penalties for 99 yards. Winnipeg had eight penalties. That's high. At that is a for norm, 40 yards which is But those those manageable.
1: those are labor day penalties. A lot of those were offsides when when you know, you can't hear the snap count and the Jeffs are just, you know, champing at the bit, man. Like uh, 40 yards is not bad for a labor day, I don't think. Um
0: Humper has uh his social media channels paired up tonight. What's going on, Pumper? Good to Humper, see you. hey uh, buddy. Uh my Westwood wide to the right. Um oh gosh. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the uh the strange challenge uh that Craig Dickinson made in the first half, losing his timeout on the offensive pass interference. Shaq Evans uh clearly, pretty quite clearly. Uh I don't understand why he did that. I think that was a miss for the riders and Craig Dickinson. So that's my Westwood wide to the right. Take
1: me through that, Darren, because I, uh, I missed that putting the little guy to bed.
0: Uh, Let me check my notes here. Um, Someone on the
1: chat, please fill in too.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was a uh, Shaq early in the third quarter. Shaq Evans uh, offensive pass interference. So sorry, I said in the first half, um, but that was a five play drive. That challenge, uh, the 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 call ended up being upheld, uh, and that was what led to the fifty seven yard. Brett Lowther field goal. So right. tied at 17, maybe Craig Dickinson was thinking this can help us save some field or, or get into field position or, or save uh, our drive and get another down to be able to to get closer to field position. I mean, mid third quarter, tie game, you know, you need points every time you touch the ball. Following that 57-yard miss sack, Winnipeg went two and out, Sask went two and out, Winnipeg went three plays in a punt, Sask went seven plays and then a punt after uh, Leggio really pinned them deep uh, early in the fourth quarter. Then Winnipeg went two and out. Then Sask went two and out. Uh, and then uh, eventually, as I ran out of the building, uh, Nick Hallett <laughs> makes that interception. And uh, I could hear the crowd grumble and then roar and then grumble, um, which was uh, really something to, to be inside that building and uh, a sold out crowd at Mosaic Stadium. Uh, okay. Well, so the we end- do know what Albee's worrying or Westwood wide to the right. Where do you want to go now? Yeah. Well, I just want
1: to, uh, if I could add a quick addendum to my, sure. to my wide to the right, someone on the chat reminded us that there was a unnecessary roughness penalty as well on the riders. Uh, I forget who it was. against. Oh, that was
0: the but- um, the helmet to helmet hit on Greg. Right. E.
1: The one that Glenn Souter was like, oh, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. Like, you know, they're just playing football. I'm like, come on, Glenn Souter. I mean, I get it. He's trying not to be a homer well, and that's very hard to do. And he tries, I know, but like that was an obvious shot to the head on McRae.
0: I'm not and- commenting on where he's coming from. I'm I'm commenting on the fact <laughs> that on. Glenn Suter was a safety. So you know, playing safety right. in the late 80s, early 90s, Adam, now right? like yeah. he used to be able to make those hits and they were clean. But Glenn knows, and everybody else knows that is an illegal hit. Yeah. That is a penalty every single time. Um, McCray's a small guy, he's coming across the middle, and as he, you know, goes for the ball, he kind of even comes down a little bit. But um who who got the penalty? It was uh Adam, Mike Adam. Yes. Mike Adam. So Adam just never stopped going down for him. Right. Should and have
1: avoided that easily.
0: Clear, he very much could have. Um, so I understand wanting to finish your hit and, and the rest, yeah. but uh, no doubt that was a, that was a penalty, uh, you know, seven days of the week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, do you want to do our happy honker before we hand out our game balls and our player of the game?
1: Well, I want to give a happy honker to, to Sarah Orleski. It was it was her second last game. She was clearly emotional. She's been absolutely awesome for the CFL. You know, it, it can be tough when TSN has the absolute monopoly on the CFL, and and people have their issues with TSN, and and sometimes they should. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna miss her. Uh, talk to a lot of people who have who have met her in person, and and just um, you know say she's really friendly and nice, and and. Uh, yeah, we're gonna miss we're gonna miss Sarah. It's gonna be nice. I hope we can give her a great uh, standing ovation or a wave. That that's worth a wave uh, next week at the Banjo Bowl, Darren. But maybe she definitely time. gets yeah, maybe <laughs> halftime. Uh, definitely gets my happy honker. She's from Winnipeg, and she's, as you said, she's gonna have more time with her family and and all those things. So um, and and it looks like even Ryder fans were nice to uh, her and recognized her. No Darren.
0: question. Yeah, no, Winnipeg born and bred. Sarah, um, you know, is is I consider her a very close friend and, and colleague. She has always been dear and uh, uh, dear to me and helpful and frankly, reassuring, you know, uh, her and I are are the same age uh, and we both grew up in in the western part of Winnipeg. Uh, So, you know, we have some similar ties there, but, you know, she's been in the industry a lot longer than I, you know, uh, working in BC uh, for the score and then TSN uh, before moving to Toronto and then eventually Winnipeg when the Jets came back. Um, People say she, you know, like, like you said, you know, like everybody says she's nice and, and she's great and no question. But if you know Sarah. There is nobody on earth who would ever say anything uh, even marginally concerning about her. She is that genuine and kind of a person. When I worked with her uh, doing hits for TSN.ca and for SportsCenter on camera with uh, Freddie, our our, our good buddy uh, who's been uh, uh, was Sarah's cameraman uh, for a long, long time, working the wind machine, uh, as, you know, Sarah always enjoys, um, And she would just put me at ease, you know, like, hey, you want to do another take or, you know, this is going to be live. Don't worry about it. You got this. Uh, We're going to go this topic, this topic, this topic, and she'd nail it. She would nail in helping her teammate, helping me. So uh, we are going to miss Sarah so very much. Classy move by the Mosaic crowd and and the Rough Riders organization and giving her uh, the acknowledgement on the sidelines, TSN uh, team here in Sask, giving her the cake, uh, you know, uh, which was a really nice thing. And the last thing I'll say on this, Zach, and I think this is extremely important. There are young women and girls that watch sports and love sports and want to be broadcasters and journalists and writers and bloggers and on camera and behind the scenes. They want to do all of it. And to see someone like Sarah Orleski, not just in a studio, like we see, you know, uh, uh fantastic female sportscasters on, on Sportsnet and TSN and, and uh, other other stations across the country, but to see her on the sidelines at games, to see her uh at different events, hosting charity events, hosting uh awards events and and all those sorts of things, uh and doing it so well, so professionally, yeah. I think yeah. um, provides a lot of inspiration and um you know belief that. Uh, if you want to do it, you can do it because Sarah was one of those trailblazers, uh, doing just a a fantastic job for, for so many years. We had our media dinner here in Regina last night, Zach. And, uh, I mean like radio and, and, uh, print and, um, TV and all different types of people from all the, the, all the outlets. Um, and coming for dinner was Britt Dort of CTV Regina. Uh, and Daniella Poticelli, who does uh, sidelines on the Ryder radio broadcast. She also does play-by-play, new this year, for the Regina Rams nice. sports program. She just called the game at IG Field against the Bisons on Saturday. Awesome. You know, on, on Friday night. Got back in Regina at 4 a.m. And then she was out with us uh, you know, for dinner at night. Uh, nice. Her and I were college friends. Great to catch up with them. Uh, check out their social media. I liked a couple of their tweets from from Britt and Daniela. Uh, that's the next generation. And they talk about Sarah as the trailblazer, as yep. the OG. She did it. <laughs> so OG. I love it. Next uh in line can do it as well. So uh, you know, wishing Sarah the best. Very happy we're still gonna be able to see her lots. On the uh, TSN Jets broadcast and on Jets TV, and and with the Winnipeg Jets organization, so uh, very cool thing there. So I think that's a, that's a great happy honker. Uh, we should make it unanimous for that tonight. Her final we'll make game it unanimous, yeah. Her final game will be next week uh, in Winnipeg, which is I think a nice um, you know uh, voy- a bon voyage to her in her hometown.
1: Well, and and I I don't want to put too much attention on this. Maybe talk about this more Tuesday. But Paul Friesen of the Winnipeg Sun wrote a very important article about about the flack. And I like flack is a nice word for what what Leah Hextall oh, takes as garbage. a play by play, like garbage like absolute criminal with. harassment stuff that that she takes. And um, you know, a lot of people don't like her as a play by play voice. They say it's not because she's a woman. Regardless, if you're a woman. We still live in a society where you have to work harder and you can't afford to miss as much as men do. And, and Sarah is a trailblazer and you have to be courageous as a woman to work in sports because you get a ton of, a ton of shit. I'll just say it, a, yeah. a ton of it. And, and you have to be, you talk about the bombers being resilient, you know, she's resilient. And uh, I know my mother-in-law's listening and, and you know she's a trailblazer and if you have you have a strong uh, woman in your life and in your family like man that that make, gives me so much confidence in my daughter and my mother-in-law raised a, an amazing mom who who's a who is a doctor and still unlike her male colleagues gets addressed uh, by her first name but her male colleagues gets addressed doctor like it still really? happens right and and you know that's a subtle one but um, you may not like Leah Hextall, and, and and that's not the point I'm making, but the trust me, Sarah Orleski has has got some crap thrown at her because she's a woman and she's still around. so hats off to her.'m
0: I'm, I'm with you there and and again, not to beleaguer the point, but uh you know all of us in the media get flack sometimes. It does yeah. seem especially in sports. Uh, that females get more of it. and mm-hmm. you know in the, in the case like I'm with you. if you don't like somebody's work, fine, you're entitled to your opinion that that's 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 fine. We live in a free society. but to make personal attacks, threats, disgusting uh, uh, you know uh, comments uh, about all types of garbage, uh, that is way, way too far. Nobody deserves that, no matter. What it's sports, it's supposed to be a reprieve from the real stresses in life. Uh, but let's leave it there. I'll take a shot, we will digress. Zach, let's digress. Uh, okay, so game balls, do are we, yeah, baby, and a player of the game? No, we're just doing the game balls. No,
1: the game balls are the player of the game, and this is this is a hard one, right? Like, this is a hard one because part of me wants to go to Dembski. Okay, so Dembski again steps up. Just like he did last week, because, uh, you know, the, as you said in the pregame with Walby, they, a lot of teams are maybe bracketing shown a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. So Dembski is the next man up, right? We haven't seen Bailey targeted a whole lot. He's maybe more of uh, that uh, last year's um, D- Darvin Adams of the Trenches doing the dirty work. But, yeah, you know, Dembski was a hell of a play by the DB. I think it was Milligan away from getting a 70-yard touchdown. Like, that was a perfectly – no uh, DA in the chat here is saying that's the best ball he's ever seen Zach throw. That was the second deep ball in the second half. And Milligan, uh, it wasn't even his man, comes over at the last second and tips it away. You imagine Dembski gets that touchdown? Like, he jumped off the page. Three carries for 17 yards was a long of nine, which I think was the sweep. And then he gets five of six for 79 yards, 20 yak yards. He gets the the 50 yard touchdown that put the bombers back in the game. I can't decide if it's him or if it's uh, I know you could easily give it to Zach Colaris. You could always get because he, you know, he has he has the, the 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 game in his hands, right? The most snaps, the most, the most time with the ball. But I thought Willie Jefferson jumped out of off the page to be Darren. And, you know, he doesn't get all the sacks and they don't count pressures anymore. But he was in, he was in, uh, <laughs> do I, yeah, I call myself a media personality now. You're I do on Twitter. Media. Yeah. I, I wasn't invited to the fancy dinner or anything, but, you know, that that's not why I'm in this. I, I'm in this for just this the fun. Yeah. And that's not well, a I'm shot not a at a you.
0: Reporter. I'm a reporter by trade, right? I write for NHL.com. I write for. You're stadium, a media yeah. guy. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of stuck. I'm stuck there. I'm
1: now. more of a media guy. I just like to hear myself talk. But um, Darren, Willie Jefferson jumped and J- Jackson Jeffcoat, they jumped off the page. I know they missed um, uh, Cody Fajardo a couple times. And hats off to Cody Fajardo. He played he a played hell of
0: a game. I thought he played very numbers. well. He was 72% passing, 23 of 32. 292 yards. Yeah. Uh through an interception, of course that one tipped by Frankie Hickson and grabbed by Nick Hallett, uh in the waning moments of the game. No touchdowns. Yeah. Uh but uh, overall uh, a pretty good game for uh, well, and, and and to be able to early escape
1: early. the pressure that was under, yeah. you know. The the bombers yeah. know his patented spin move, but and with that knee, you know, he's not 100%. But he was able to get get out of the uh get out of the pocket, get get away from the rush, but the Jeffs and, and I think particularly Jefferson was in his face all game, so he gets a game ball for me. Uh, he was a, he was a, I think I don't know if he tipped that ball that was intercepted, Darren. When when Fajardo was winding back, it didn't look like he tipped it, but for sure Fajardo oh. would have heard. He he would have heard footsteps, right? Like Jefferson was right there. Those things those things make a difference to a quarterback. And then Hickson, sure enough. Tips it, which I I'd have to ask a receiver, but is that something that you're sort of taught not to do? Because it it, it you it just basically for Hickson, like he couldn't have caught it; it was too far away, and then it it, it he makes like if he just bats that ball down. Keep,
0: keep going, Zach. I'll be right back.
1: Yeah, yeah. He could bat that ball down, but he he tips it up into the air. Which is an easy peasy catch for Nick Hallett, and shout out to Nick Hallett uh, for that interception, Darren. But you know, like I, I have to ask. Maybe there's some receivers on the chat here. Is that something your coach, uh, you know, up up with to maybe knock that down? Because it, it, he basically gifted an interception to to Nick Hallett. I, I'm just curious if, but if you if you should bat that down. But you know what. I, I just I don't think Jefferson gets enough love. I know he's an all-star and all those things, but he he was impacting the game at all times and then when 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 Josiah when Josiah Jane St John went out and Jamal Campbell came in, yeah uh, <laughs> Glad <to mention> that. <laughs> oh man, you saw Jackson Jeffco just own him. <laughs> It was like yep. you you know Jackson Jeffco to thinking, okay, look at his chops, right? Like I love those guys, but but Jefferson yep. really with that wig span bad and that he was playing he was playing the banjo on, on one of those plays that I thought the bomber defense gets another game ball because they were being owned in the first half and they end up Darren giving up one point in the second half on the road. And they I think they did a better I haven't seen the stats, but I think they did a much better job of stopping Frankie Hickson on first down, which really opened up the playbook for the riders and uh, hats off to the defense, you know, walking wounded that really made plays when they needed to. And we don't know how hurt Adam Big Hill is. I suspect he's fairly nicked,
0: but he wasn't going to miss that game. So I, I asked Adam Big Hill yesterday how he's feeling. He said, great. Oh, of course he did. And then I said, okay, can you explain to the people out there? Like, I, I just wanted him to speak to, um, you know, for people that don't know what it means to be limited in practice, like why that happens and why he's on the yeah. injury report and why he's listed as questionable. Uh, the reality of football is nobody, nobody on the field is truly 100%. Okay. You know, I, we used to say that on our TSN radio days and, uh, Westwood would be like, well, I bet you the kicker's probably 100%. But everybody is dealing with something. Everybody has bangs and nicks and bruises and soreness and uh, all types of things, strains and pain uh, and the rest. Um, Adam Big Hill has been in this league for a very, very long time, plays at an extremely high level, and plays with a uh, aggressive level of violence that takes a real toll on the body. It's listed uh, as a shoulder issue with him. You know, uh, I think just ensuring that you're taking it easy, they call it maintenance days or vet days, that sort of thing. Um, I think it's, you know, compared to 20, what was it, 2019, Big Hill was pretty banged up and and maybe didn't have uh, his best season. What a huge comeback he had as defensive player uh, of the year in 2021, but that was a hamstring, I believe, or a groin issue in 2019. and That really affected his ability to do what he does best, and that's be rangy and go sideline to sideline, drop into coverage, blitz, be fast, be aggressive. Yeah. Um, he does everything, shoulder, right? Yeah, he he really does. And, and a shoulder, uh, I think, is, is maybe a little bit less limiting, but when you want to play physical, you want to dive over the pile on those goal line stands and those sorts of things. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's going to take its toll. So, uh, maybe he's not a hundred percent, but I think he played quite well. Uh, we do have to remember Jesse Briggs, Shane Gauthier, both filling in there. Did you catch the one play Zach where Frankie Hickson bowling balled over Shane Gauthier? I was like, was that 44? I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Frankie Hickson is tiny man. Like I'm going to look up his height and weight right now. Frankie Hickson is 58 200. First year in the league, probably uh, going to be in that conversation for most outstanding rookie, definitely for the riders, uh, but maybe even in the West Division. But he absolutely bowled over uh, Shane Gauthier uh, in the second I believe it was. I couldn't Spank believe. Kuchy's it. a big time.
1: guy, and he's got good balance too. Yeah, yeah,
0: and and, yeah. and, and he's wide and thick and strong. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And yeah, yeah. just finds ways to keep going. The legs keep pumping. He's got so much power in that five foot eight frame. Two hundred pounds at five eight. If he was six feet, he'd be like two forty five. He would be a huge, huge human being. Um, but he's an impressive guy to watch. And uh, you know, uh, the Riders' offense. You know, say what you want about Cody and the offensive line, but Frankie Hickson, yards after contact, off the charts, uh, very talented receiving core, uh, but back to 500, the riders are. And of course, have to face the Blue Bombers two more times this season. Uh, Most uh, uh, obviously uh, the Banjo Bowl coming up uh, in just, well, no, what is it? It's going to be six days time six that? days time baby
1: i i uh really i'm it. just happy i i'm happy we, were, we nobody got super injured except for Theadric <laughs> Hansen and that one looked bad and that yeah, that good. broke my heart man like you love the guy he's he's an activist you know he was on the front lines in the Ukraine conflict and he he's a warrior on the field he's he's a really important player for us on the D line uh, he hits freaking hard i really hope it's nothing too bad, but it didn't look good. I saw someone on the chat say it was an Achilles or something. I, I sure they hope were not. They
0: were poking around there. I was. I was watching yeah. uh, the binoculars from the press box, poking around. at his, his calf, his his Achilles tendon, feeling both of his legs. If something seemed out of sorts, but uh, no update on Teadric Hansen or anybody else in the Blue Bombers when it comes to uh, yeah. injuries that potentially happened uh, today. Donnie Boy asked this question a little bit earlier. Maybe we'll get to it now while we're on it. What happened to Michael Couture and Brandon Alexander who were back at practice earlier this week? Yes, they were uh, Michael Couture even put the pads on after practice one day uh, and kind of went at it with uh, the new linebacker that just arrived uh, and and joined the Blue Bombers practice roster. They were smacking, uh, they were uh, you know going um, uh, cadence on the line of scrimmage and, and, and making good contact. But Michael Couture coming back from that broken arm, he had the cast on it like a like a plain cast uh, just mm-hmm. along the forearm to protect it uh, in practice. Uh, but they're not rushing him back. Like, why rush back your your CFLPA All-Star center? Uh, Chris Kolonkowski is playing good football. Uh, the Bombers have Liam Dobson uh, as the sixth man uh, on that group right now. Who knows? You know, Chris Kolonkowski might have worked his way into uh, a job on that offensive line. Could he yeah. pump Gray out of that starting five? I don't know. I know Jeff Gray is a Winnipegger and, and lots of people watching are big fans of the University of Manitoba product. Uh, but hey, you know, you never know what, what could happen. The Blue Bombers are going to try uh, to dress their best roster every single week. Uh, Bob Man asks, is Strebler on the Jets? Yes, Chris Strebler is the new Winnipeg Jets defenseman. No, never mind. They haven't <laughs> made any big free agent signings. He is on the New York Jets practice roster. Yes, he's going to be the fourth stringer As they get the season uh, going here. Um, Just looking at my notes here, Zach, a couple things I wanted to touch on. Jamal Parker uh, making his second straight start, third game. He was picked on, on, eh? At
1: at the beginning?
0: Sure was. He sure was. They were going after 45 Jamal Parker a lot uh, in the Labor Day Classic. Um, Some people didn't like the way he's playing. Understand the ball's coming, 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 and his way all the time. The Blue Bombers play a passive pass defense. They try to keep everything in front of them. You remember a couple years ago, even as recently as as 2021, the explosion plays? That is the number one, bar nothing else, the number one thing the Blue Bombers do not want to allow. They'll allow teams yards. They'll allow teams first downs. But... Red zone, they are locked down. Late in games, they are locked down. Maybe it's because they play passive so much throughout the game that when they get aggressive, the offense maybe isn't isn't expecting it. That's just my speculation. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not an expert in, in watching uh, the defensive side of the football by any means. Um, but it, it's working. And understand that Jamal Parker, being a young player in this league, first year, uh, in the Canadian Football League, he's keeping everything in front of him. So he's allowing those guys to make those eight yard catches. He's allowing those guys to uh, maybe get into space in his zone between uh, Parker, between himself and uh, Nick Taylor. So, you know, I'm not going to yep. to criticize Jamal Parker's game. Uh, you know, he, he's doing the best he can. Really tough, the Demario Houston, uh, another player yeah. the Blue Bombers lost last week. Absolutely, um, man. He looked. I'll be honest. The body language on on Demario Houston at practice this past week back in Winnipeg, not very good. Uh no just, way. You know that's that, a tough pill to swallow. He was yeah. essentially becoming that D. Alfred of twenty twenty two.
1: You know he really was. He yeah. really was phenomenal, wasn't he? And that's such a tough, tough loss. You wonder if maybe the Bombers, with all the money they've saved on the six game players. Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to make a play for a DB? I mean, Edmonton. Ha- well, this may be more for midweek, but Edmonton. You see them having a fire sale for God's sakes. You know, do they have They're a
0: couple? Th- they just like traded him away like he's nothing. That guy's a good player. Dave
1: Beard, they trade away.
0: I, I I know. I know they've got Cordy. An a- it could be a salary cap thing, right? I don't know. Like who like, knows? knows cre- what Chris no who's trying to clear salary cap space to make a move. Yeah,
1: who knows? I mean, he. he-
0: <laughs> this Jones.
1: But uh, aside from uh, D.C. chilling, I, I don't want Daron Carter in our backfield, but maybe they have a uh-huh. couple of DBs that that we could look at because, you know, Parker's a littler guy and he didn't get beat over the top today. But uh, that that's tough. But the defense. Yeah, I mean, they definitely get a game ball for me and the, the final game ball for me. I'm going to put out three today because it's Labor Day. Okay. We clinched a playoff spot, and I know that's kind of ho-hum for the Bombers now. But, but folks, you remember the, the good old days of 2012 and, and 2013, 2014, 2015. <laughs> the good, sorry, like, the, the, good, the old good old days? good old days? I say the that in jest, day? Like, clinching. Hey, for us young dudes. Yeah, I know. We're like two years apart. But, listen, clinching a playoff spot for the Bombers when I was growing up was not a small thing. And to clinch it now, yeah, that's awesome. Like it's just it's a uh, it's a cherry on top. And guess who's six and zero on Labor Day with a bunch of different teams, Mister Gunslinger Zach Calares. Love this guy on yeah. both sides of Labor Day. He never loses on Labor Day. Like that tells you everything you need to know about Zach Calares. Like a high pressure, big game quarterback big game like big walleye what What's a big game fish i don't know (laughs) i was just in the white shell but are you kidding me six and on labor day like (laughs) someone has to look that up maybe steve daniel but this is a good question from uh from our buddy sign guy has anyone clinched earlier in an 18 game season Maybe the nineteen forty-eight Calgary Stampeders. I have well no maybe idea.
0: maybe the the fifty-six bombers, because they were 10 and 0, right? And a smaller league oh, back then too. So 2019
1: Hamilton, uh 15 and 3, they might have. We'd have to look, but yeah. either way, it's the West Division, it's not the weak East Division. To clinch this early is insane. <clears throat> but I would, the last thing I want to say before you do your game balls, Darren, is 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 looking forward, and we'll do this on Tuesday, is don't sleep on Saskatchewan. I know that they have these but Jack, they're
0: six and six.
1: I know, I Keep understand little that. Little I, I know they're six and six, right? They very nearly beat the bombers, and I know it's Labor Day, right? But they have an elite receiving core if they're healthy. Some of them are blockheads, but if you mm-hmm. put Kean Schaefer-Baker, Shaq Evans.
0: How about Duke Mitch Williams Pittman's huge catch and run. What a cut Mitch after the Pickton,
1: catch. Yeah. Braden Lennius and then uh Kyran Moore and then yeah. Frankie Hickson.
0: And, and wait till Jamal Co- Morrow gets back. Wouldn't you like like right. to have Hickson at tailback and maybe uh Jamal Morrow at slot? Like look but, out. But
1: they I, I hear you waiters, they're average because they're six and six. I get it, but a lot of that stuff is self inflicted crap, like like the penalties, right? Um It's they're They're kind of a dark horse to me. I think if if they can cut down on the penalties, which I don't think they will, but if they can and a couple of things go go their way, I'd be very interested to see how they play Calgary because they haven't played yet. That's going to be big in terms of standings, but they're probably going to have to go on the road in the play playoffs. But anyway,
0: sorry sorry to interrupt you, Zach. That's fine. I was going on and on watching live on YouTube. What's up, Bomber fan? Uh, Like many of you out there, uh, Bomber fans, uh, says, I think the Riders need to bite the bullet, cut a few idiots, and try Mason Fine at quarterback. Uh, Not a bad thought. I I personally disagree, but uh, Mason Fine is clearly somebody that they're high on, uh, and uh, somebody I think um, they... Uh, could see here in Regina in the future. Uh, but this comment from BA Split yep. watching live on YouTube, what's up, Split? Uh, their O line sucks. Uh, yeah, Saskatchewan's offensive line is not in pass good.
1: protection.
0: Yeah, but well, they like, ran the ball well. You no, know, I know, but like Frankie Hickson ran the ball well, but at the point of contact, you know. I would love to see Saskatchewan try to run the ball on Calgary. They have a great defensive front uh, in the middle. Not so much the, you know, like they don't have Jefferson and Jeffcoat uh, on the ends. Winnipeg's strength is on the edges. I would love to see them try to run uh, on uh, Mike Rose and, uh, you know, some of those guys uh, yeah. in the middle of that uh, Stamps defensive line. But Hickson Judge. is the yeah. one, in my opinion, getting it done. It's not the offensive line pushing guys around. Josiah okay. St. John is their starting right tackle. Yeah. Okay. Jamal Campbell, six years in the league, but first year with, with Sask. He's the backup who was it uh, Taryn Vaughn practiced all week had all of the Regina and Saskatchewan media uh, thinking he was going to play um, you know, <laughs> he he had uh, you know features written about him and radio features uh produced for him and then there he was on the one game injured list 24. 24- Uh, you know, 30 hours before kickoff uh, to the chagrin of many, uh, but probably to the delight of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, defense. Um, They need as much help as they can get losing Brendan Labatt uh, to pseudo-semi-retirement. You know, a lot of guys. Furland, Bandy, Johnson, St. John, they're Canadians along that uh, offensive line. Uh, Good, not great collectively. not great at all so um no. you know that that's that's to me saskatchewan's achilles heel they've got yeah. a good return game they have got good receivers i think cody Fajardo is a i want to be on the mark with this i don't put cody Fajardo in the same elite class as nathan rourke and zach Kalaris and jake Mayer, and even uh, Jeremiah Masoli. Those four are my elite class of quarterbacks. You can maybe even put Kolaris and, uh, and Rourke uh, ahead of, of those two by yeah. a, a, mar- a small margin. Um, I think Cody Fajardo is a serviceable quarterback. I think Dane Evans, outside of boneheaded giveaways in fourth quarters, is a serviceable quarterback. Trevor Harris, outside of having a very bad game every three games. Every three games, he has one bad game. Just not consistent. Yeah, Uh, yeah. would probably be the best number two in the league because he could help you get through a game with a win. Um, Serviceable. Yeah. Uh, But Cody Fajardo, I think he's on that upper end of serviceable if healthy with a fresh knee, all of that sort of thing, and he can use his legs. That's his X factor. That that I think brings him into being a good quarterback and and not just you know maybe league average or um, serviceable. That all said, right now is kind of a dead period. Uh, I hope Jake Mayer continues... His uh, emergence, I hope Nathan Rourke comes back next year healthy uh, and like a bat out of hell, uh, you know, with the with the way he started the 2022 season. Uh, I hope Zach Kolaris has a lot of football left in him and continues to be uh, the magic man on the rollout and extending plays. And then how good Winnipeg's offense looks when things are broken and busted. It's like, look out, they're going to throw a touchdown. They're going to, you know, strike 30 yards and flip the field. Um, but to me... It's the offensive line in Saskatchewan that will bite them every single time. There are so many good defenses, so many good defensive linemen in the CFL today that I don't think Saskatchewan is going to be able to compete unless they figure things out uh, personnel wise on the offensive line.
1: Well, and you could say that if we were maybe a bit healthier in the D, um, they they don't maybe rack up as many yards and, uh, you know. I don't know. What do, you, what,
0: do you think of, what do you think about the adage that's, you know, like I've heard it here from people in Regina all week uh, or all weekend is, hey, it's Labor Day. Anything can happen because it has. Seven and one, one and seven. Yeah. Remember that?
1: I I, I remember it uh, very well. We lost 27-7. We got curb stomped and then we got curb stomped again
0: in the, in the banjo bowl. It was. And for those that don't know, the. <laughs> Bombers put up a billboard in Saskatchewan yep. that said it had Winnipeg seven and one, Saskatchewan one and seven. Something's backwards or, or something. Yeah, like making fun of the Riders one and seven record to Winnipeg yeah. seven and one record. And then what happens? Yeah, the Riders roll to a victory uh, in the Labor Day. <sighs> Do you think Winnipeg is going to be able to uh, win again in the Banjo Bowl?
1: Yeah, I do. Like, I think I think we – you've talked about this, the playbook, right? And I kind of didn't agree with you at the beginning because uh, well, I just never thought of it that way. But but teams, you know, that happens to Darren Balmy sometimes. But <laughs> uh, that's right. <laughs> um, you said teams don't open up their, their playbook at the beginning of the season. I think Saskatchewan opened up their entire playbook and took their best shot. And I think we'll we'll know what's coming next week. Heck, we might even have Couture next week. He is an upgrade on Kolenkowski as much as Kolenkowski has played really well at center. Darren, if we get Brandon Alexander back, that's absolutely massive.
0: Don't, don't hold your breath. He okay. has been out a long, long time. It's not going to be two practices, another week off. Uh, you know, through through the Labor Day Classic, and then he's going to dress in the Banjo Bowl. They want to ensure Brandon Alexander no, doesn't aggravate something, doesn't find himself in a situation where, wow, we're back at square one or we're back at, at you know, square two uh, in, in his recovery. So uh, yeah. be cautious. Would they like better play at safety than they're getting from Nick Hallett than they got from from Malcolm Thompson? I, I think Thompson is an upgrade on Hallett. But no question. Brandon Alexander is going to be an upgrade on anybody, maybe even anybody in the CFL today. Uh, I will tell everybody out there watching and and listening, uh, if you're curious about Brandon Alexander, I can tell you this. He looks to be in absolutely phenomenal physical condition. He has been putting in the work. Um, So when he is back, I expect him to be an impactful player and and bring the heat, if you know what I mean, uh, like he did uh, especially in the 2021 season.
1: Yeah, I mean, but what are your game balls, buddy?
0: trying oh, yeah. to trying to trying
1: yeah. to escape on me here just change, you know like a like a polished politician just you know uh over oh, really? the subject oh. he's in Regina he's oh. overheated he's been in the car a long time you he know what that Regina pizza
0: I will give a shout out to uh, Jeff Hamilton and Ted Wyman uh, exemplary <laughs> drivers uh, we got upgraded on the rental so I have a first-class airline seat in the back of uh, the SUV nice. so it's it's very nice. I'm not allowed to drive because of the insurance and, and all of that sort of stuff. So That's I'm just kicking you, right? back. I'm writing some Jets hockey for NHL.com. I'm uh, <laughs> uh, listening to some podcasts and, and uh, reading and, and uh, having a good time, uh, uh, you know, snacking and uh, relaxing in the backseat uh, on the drive in and out. But um, uh, they, it's been fun on that drive. Uh, so my game balls. Oh, and, and just to plug it again, we're going to do another road trip pilgrimage podcast the pilgrimage back east to winnipeg uh from the labor day classic uh we'll record it tomorrow and i'll post it when i get home tomorrow night uh we had a lot of fun if you want to check that out uh on youtube and on your podcast app uh just search bonfire sports people are wondering if you might be a bad driver
1: if is that's is that the uh, euphemism (laughs) here is that the
0: oh you weren't
1: on the insurance there and sorry wyman says and and now that
0: okay are you a okay. good
1: driver, Darren? I I, I suspect you are. I, suspect.
0: I will I will humbly say I am a very good driver. I'm a hired gun. Sometimes I've been flown across the country a to drive gun. people home. You know, really? I, had family, I had a family member uh, break his knee, and uh, the uh, the spouse wasn't comfortable driving through Canada. Uh, back home to Winnipeg in, what was it, like October, November. There was a lot of snow, especially on the Undivided Highway through Northwestern Ontario, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, So they flew me up to Toronto, and I drove them back to Winnipeg. We went through uh, Detroit and Indiana. We stopped in South Bend, Indiana. I missed the college football hall of fame by 20 minutes. It closed their doors, but uh, uh, got into the steakhouse, watched uh, Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana, play at Boston college in a smoky steakhouse bar, uh, talking to the locals. That was a ton of fun. And then uh, made our way great. through uh, Illinois, Wisconsin and, and the way home. Um, uh, I've driven through a tornado Uh, not through the actual tornado, but through a uh, crazy lightning storm from Kansas City to, we stopped somewhere in North Dakota. It wasn't Grand Forks or Fargo, but it was just like enough is enough, but made it through Nebraska and uh, a little touch Iowa or whatever it was. Uh, Just absolutely crazy wind going about 50K uh, and, and just, I had my grandma in the back seat, like my eighty-nine-year-old grandmother in the back seat. The rain is just ripping in, and we had nowhere to go. Like stopping is almost more dangerous, so we we kept going. Uh, I'll quit tooting my own horn about the driving, but yes, it was the insurance the pun. That yeah, uh, <laughs> no,
1: I I think you've you've brought up uh, in quick succession many good examples of why you're a good driver, especially in Northwest uh, or uh, Northwest Ontario. Yeah,
0: I love those but, road uh, trips though. They're so much fun. You know, I. <laughs> I used to take road trips out to Edmonton with my buddies. When the jets were gone, we yeah, were all yeah. Oilers fans. And I oh, know like, we right on that people always give me like you cheer for the Oilers. They knocked the jets out every single year. But when I was a kid, I was just getting into hockey when the Gretzky trade happened. Right. Oh, I was like, beep, beep, yeah. I was like, yeah. seven or whatever. So, uh, don't remember those beatdowns of the the Jets by the Oilers. So we all cheer for the Oilers. We take road trips out to Calgary and Edmonton and and taking those games. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, Zach. Hit us up in the live chat uh, out there. Your favorite sports road trip with your friends or your family. I would love Ooh, to hear. that's those. a good one.
1: Well, my yeah. mother-in-law is on both of them. Um, to the Grey Cups, uh, dude. Who's who's your game ball? Stop dancing. Top tap, tap, stop tap testing, Darren.
0: The crowd tonight's no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Okay, I'll get to it. Okay, okay, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Uh, my first game ball, I'm going to give to uh, somebody that doesn't get a lot of love, and I think I might have even given him a game ball on an after dark episode here in the past, Zach. This season, Drew Wolitarski continues to just get the freaking job done. Four catches, four targets, 56 yards. Four second down conversions. Every yes. time they went to 82, he pulled it in. He made positive yardage uh, and picked up the first down, moving the chains, uh, just nine yak yards. He finds a way to get open on the far side of the field. Uh, and obviously very trustworthy hands, a smart player, good blocker. Uh, a lot of people here tonight in the live chat, giving uh, props to, uh, um, Rashid Bailey, like getting the, getting the, the job done. I'm so glad that conversation has happened this year, Zach, that people are recognizing that receivers and running backs do more than catch the football. Oh yeah. You know, 95% of the time it is, I I'm just getting a text here from Joey Slattery of uh, CTV Winnipeg saying, yes, Drew, these guys <laughs> need recognition. Uh yeah. 95% of the time you're not getting the ball thrown your way, even if you're like, even if you're the dude. Uh, but yeah. giving Drew Wolitarski a game ball tonight, I'm giving one to Nick Dembski too. Beautiful pass from Zach Kolaris, but just a great job over the head. Yeah. That ball down against an excellent player. Uh, in uh Derek Moncrief. Moncrief can play safety yeah. or corner or the dime or even weak side linebacker, maybe even middle in a pinch. Um, I think sending Dempsky kind of like in a deep, deep cross field corner route was a real smart thing because it, it made um, it, it made uh, Don, uh, Derek Moncrief really chase and, and yeah. get him out of what he was normally doing. You know, Dembski likes those, you know, deep ends and crossing routes and that sort of thing. Sending him deep and to the wide side of the field really made Moncrief run, run, run like he was running against a, a go pattern if he was playing corner against a wide mm-hmm. receiver. So Dembski did a great job pulling that ball in. And then, of course, Zach Kolaris uh, throwing that um that that excellent football do I have well, one to... on the
1: adjustment he made right on that ball yeah. was incredible and Zach put it there for a reason that was just yeah. an absolute dime Willie
0: Jefferson had one tackle and one sack tonight that's it yeah but he was in the mix, all, in the night mix all night long he did an yeah. excellent job I'll give a ball to Willie Jefferson you know what I saw Willie Jefferson uh I saw him at the mall here in Regina yesterday you know what he was oh, wearing? yeah you know what he was wearing?
1: A bonfire hat? No, yeah, no, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was
1: he wearing El Tony Tones championship belt?
0: No, he only gets no, that for the Grey
1: Cup. No. What was
0: he wearing? Well, let's remember a couple weeks ago when the Bombers played in Edmonton, he wore his double E jersey. Oh, his 99 right. Willie Jefferson 2015 Grey Cup championship. a little odd. Yeah. yeah. But whatever. Willie Jefferson Edmonton-
1: can pull it off.
0: Well, he can pull off almost anything, and I'll get to it. When the Calgary Stampeders were in town, what did Willie Jefferson wear? Or his Calgary Flames jersey at IG Field, uh, you know, just saying, hey, you know, like, I'm not going to let the opponent bother me and and, and live, uh, you know, Willie's living his life uh, to the fullest.
1: So you're saying he was wearing his old Riders jersey?
0: He was wearing a white Saskatchewan Rough Riders jersey with the pink for breast cancer awareness, name bar and numbers. You couldn't miss the guy, that's uh, hilarious. hanging out, checking out, uh, checking out the mall. And, um, yeah, you know, that, that's Willie. I think it's, uh, it's kind of a cool thing, um, that he's, uh, you know, guys are kind of opening up to that, right? Like, I think Winston Rose was uh was wearing his Cincinnati Bengals number 38 when they oh, hopped yeah. off the plane here in Regina. Guys wearing all types of uh jerseys of their teams gone by or uh you know their favorite teams for for different sports, that sort of thing. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it so is. You know, people. he
1: could he could he could do whatever he wants. It's Willie Jefferson. I, I right? think he's just, just kind of making a statement that he's like he just owns the CFL. He's like I, I, I was just the best at every team. Like I could do what I want.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no question. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with waiters. I'm with uh, 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 with uh, Dan, the Jets fan. Uh, Willie is hilarious. He can really do whatever he wants. This is an interesting oh, comment uh, from Andrea Regina. Radio fans angry at Duke Williams and his uh, misconduct, bench misconduct. Uh, for getting a little chirpy. At least that's what it appeared to be, that he was just kind of beaking away. I imagine yep. the officials seeing Duke Williams, knowing the the history of things going on potentially this year, in street clothes and sunglasses, maybe just getting a little bit loose-jawed uh, at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers near the rider's bench. So... Out comes the flag, and, and they give him a penalty. Andrea, I forgive you for uh, meandering away from bonfire and uh, game day after dark here to take in a little bit of riders post-game show. That's
1: awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad. What's that, CJML? Is that what it is? Or CJME? Uh,
0: CJME. I think they do the play-by-play. And then uh, yeah. shout out uh, my good friends, Jamie Nine, Britton Gray, from CJME in the Green Zone, uh, Daryl Davis as well. Uh, lots of good friends here uh, in yeah. Regina. They're um, good people. That that's something I wanted to touch on, Zach. Now, I I know you're not out here in Regina, but you've you've been to Labor Day before. I have not. I what? I've been to Regina.
1: I've been to Regina. Um, my mother-in-law wait, was wait, born in Regina. Regina there
0: was no football game. What were you doing here?
1: Well, I I, I went there for the 2013 Grey Cup. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, but and I had what to really? go a couple what other times for family family events because the uh, the in-laws are from there. But um, Okay, I've never been to Labor Day. Isn't that crazy? How yes. have I never been to Labor Day?
0: Sorry, I was distracted by uh, our good friend uh, Friesen, uh, aka Garrett Morano. <laughs> yeah, he was Friesen. That was that's been the name for a couple of weeks now. CKRM well, he, better than yeah. Darren Bauming, LOL. Yeah, probably that is that is true. I am on YouTube, um, but uh, love how everybody. We've got nearly two hundred people watching live on YouTube right now. Shout out everybody. Get into the live chat. Do us a favor. This is what you want to do. You want to get into just below, uh, drop a comment, uh, in the live chat. If you haven't already give a thumbs up, subscribe, consider subscribing. If you haven't already, Uh, we really appreciate that. If you guys listen to podcasts or have a podcast app on your phone, get in there, subscribe to bonfire sports. It's real simple. You just, um, search bonfire sports. You'll see the familiar B, uh, that, you know, uh, and, uh, give us a thumbs up there as well. And maybe more than anything, Zach, I know you've been doing this like absolute gangbusters. Everybody out there, tell your friends, if you enjoy watching us here on bonfire sports, bonfire midweek game day, Winnipeg pregame with Chris Walby, the schnitz zach schnitzer and game day after dark if you enjoy any and all of it let your friends know and uh you know the more people that are able to listen uh, the more likely we're going to keep doing these shows for you uh here on the channel um this is what i wanted to ask you though zach was winnipeg and regina and the rivalry you know it's often like Toronto kind of craps on Hamilton, you know. It's just like, oh, you know, the Steel City, and you know, you don't got much going on there. And you got to come to to Toronto to like really go shopping and see real, like, you know, other things beyond the tie cats and you know maybe junior hockey and that sort of thing. Similar with Winnipeg and Regina, right? Like, if you want to go to the Apple Store, you got to come to Winnipeg. If you want to go to IKEA, you got to come to Winnipeg. You know, there's there's a lot of things the NHL game,
1: get Wi Fi. Yeah, well, you're talking about like people from Regina. Yeah, you, if you want to see That's an right. NHL game, if you want to have triangular triangular pizza, uh, well, here's the yeah. thing. Did you see that picture I tweeted? I saw that. I thought it was square pizza. I thought I, I thought Western pizza. pizza was square. That's what Safamad told me.
0: Yes, I had Western pizza that was cut into squares. I don't know, maybe like maybe the the, the Rough Riders press box get it, gets it sliced differently, but I looked at like four or five pies. All right. You know, you know what they have? You know what Western pizza, like it's Regina style pizza. You know what Western pizza has? They have, uh, it's called all dressed, like the chips. Ooh, I passed on it. I went good. for a Hawaiian. I went for a little ham and pineapple. Um, yeah, but, that's uh, a good one. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it was uh, it's good pizza. It definitely- we, all, we we do
1: have to go for a bonfire convoy next year, and I will join to Labor Day, uh, David Freeze, because it you know sign guys saying I gotta go. Yeah, I I I gotta go. I gotta go to one. Yeah. How? When's um, the last time we won three Labor Days in a row? That would be crazy. But mm, but you were gonna go. you were gonna say something about the rivalry, Darren. Well.
0: I'll I'll throw in a little tidbit I learned this weekend because like you look at the CFL game notes, I'll get to what I was going to say about Winnipeg and Regina in a second. Here's a little tidbit. Uh, You read the game notes, you read uh, stats and, and you know, things online and all these things that are supposed to be official sources. Was this the 57th Labor Day classic or the 58th Labor Day classic? And here's where the discrepancy lies. Saskatchewan, does not regard the one Labor Day game between the Bombers and Riders in Winnipeg as the Labor Day Classic. Really? That's right. 1952 was played at Osborne Stadium. They do not call that a Labor Day Classic. So it's the 58th Labor Day Classic, but the 57th according to the Rough Riders. So. That's the way the riders want to be. That's the way the riders want to be. Uh, well, yeah, I was, I was wondering. Twelve. Insert your four versus twelve Great Cup championships, joke. Oh right? hell
1: yeah, I always do. I always do that. But <laughs> I, I, because I, I kept hearing that the riders were thirty-seven and nineteen, and then I heard some people say they were thirty-seven and twenty. So I'm guessing the Bombers won that Labor Day Classic in Winnipeg because the, the, the <laughs> probably right.
0: Well, can you play? Yeah, and. Definitely Sandy
1: Thompson. You can come and, and Denise Denis or Dennis. I I've gotten away from my chart. It's uh, it's not good, man. I got to get back to my chart. I got to get
0: back I to my to chart. I want to know Andre Fiola, who's watching live on YouTube. What's up, Andre? Oh, Marino well, let me look this up. What a clown, Zach. You you look into that um, and uh, let me know what uh, Garrett Marino. Sent out a uh, couple pizza comments. I'll get to here. Corey May pineapple over pineapple bacon over ham. Nice. Uh, have you ever had uh pepperoni pineapple? Also very good. Yeah, you're pepperoni right. Pepperoni right pie. Yeah. I know driving I- and I know pizza. That's what I know. Welcome to uh, welcome to my life. Uh, yeah, okay. People- I've got it. I've got it. Sorry, well,
1: I've got right to get, yeah, put the yeah. BA Split has it as well. He says, I've had zero penalties since I came back. Snooze.
0: So he's insinuating that that's boring. That he's not being penalized.
1: I don't know. Like, like since he came back from suspension, I guess he's had no penalties. (laughs) Lefty Carroll, you're a waste of a roster spot. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. and then John Hodge weighs in from three down. How many fines? And then, of course, he gets an angry rider fan at him. I mean, he's probably okay. going to get fined for this one. I mean, my God, can I can I just say something though? If I'm Craig Dickinson, and this may sound crazy to to folks, you know what I would do tomorrow morning? I would cut Duke Williams and I would cut Garrett Marino. I would just cut them. If your biggest problem is your penalties. And your undisciplined locker room and your and your and your culture, make a freaking statement, grow some nuts, and cut these guys. Just cut them. Make a statement. Like that kind of shenanigan BS would never be allowed on the in the bomber locker room or the Stampede locker room. I know that sounds crazy, Darren, but you have to send a message. A big message. And and guys then say, hey, if Duke Williams is getting cut. I could get cut any second. It's a freaking joke. We haven't got to our burning point, buddy. But yes. that could be a burning point that a guy who is not even dressed on the sideline, can, you know, possibly costs you the game. That is an absolute joke. And then what, what are they? Craig Dickinson is going to give him a stern talking to? And, and Marino, like you, you hit him late again. Like, are you? Just... right.
0: he's trolling. Garrett Marino is, I think he's a bit of an attention whore. Oh yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry for the blunt language, but, uh, that's really my take on him. He wants people talking about him. He wants people, uh, hollering his name. He wants the attention, uh, that all said, um, People have asked to interview Garrett Marino. And I don't know if you've seen his comments uh, in, in the one time he spoke about uh, Jeremiah Masoli and, you know, saying, no, I, you know, I didn't get in touch with him or whatever it was uh, saying he did get in touch with him. And then oh, Masoli, yeah, yeah. I didn't get in touch with him. Um, anyway, uh, a lot of people have just been deterred from talking to Garrett Marino because he's not a very good talker. And by, and I, I'm probably saying that very, very kindly. He's not a very good talker. So, uh, even a guy who everybody in the CFL knows everybody in the CFL has an opinion on and, and, uh, you know, talks about, uh, he seems to be a guy that, that just, uh, you know, people, the media doesn't even want to interview him because well, I don't good. think, I don't think you'd get I too think, much.
1: Well, and the best, so the what best does that say
0: about him? Like read between the lines yeah. is all I'm saying.
1: Right. Well, and yeah. the best way to deal with people like that is you just don't give them any attention. And so, Maybe we won't. Yes, he is also racist. Yeah. So I don't know, Darren. I mean, uh, I think that would make a statement because you're a team that's six and six. If you're going to make any noise, you got to cut down on the penalties and you have to have better culture. And if you have cancers in the locker room like that, and I shouldn't use the C word there, but like give me a freaking break. It's a joke. Now, now, that's not necessarily the burning point, but it's burning my craw. The burning point is interesting to me, Darren. I don't know if I can say this, but um if we're at the burning point, uh, folks, I don't know what is your burning point, but he you know, Fajardo they're they're in field goal range in a very close game and they've been owning time of possession and they've been marching on the Bombers. Do you throw a pass there? Like that that I know it's hindsight and and uh they, they got a pick. Do you throw the ball? Because I've seen a lot of people in the chat and on Twitter saying, "Why? Why are you throwing the ball?" Even Glenn Suter said, "Why are you throwing the ball?" You run the ball a couple times, and you and you have a pretty makeable field goal there. So it, it, you know it's an, it's an interesting one to be.
0: Thanks, Jay Cuppers. Appreciate you uh, tuning in. Um, I mean, when. football is like the ultimate, you know, weirdness sometimes, uh, when it works, you're genius. And when you do something, uh, unorthodox and it doesn't work, what were you doing? What were you thinking? But, you know, like I was kind of touching on, uh, in the, in the first hour of the show and, and shout out to everybody who's been hanging out with us here, uh, on game day after dark, appreciate you a lot. Um, You know, you have to take calculated risks. You have to try things you think could work. I think many fans, it it even took me a while to evolve into this, Zach. And that is fans need to look beyond play calling and strategy in football. You're not playing a video game. You're not trying to win that snap, right? Right you're watching all game of what the other teams doing tendencies sure. personnel uh what's worked for them what what hasn't okay we bring in this zone defense and they bring out this uh, you know empty backfield package and it worked in this way and it worked in that way they ran draw play uh counter misdirection whatever uh so often Like Michael Shea says, you got to kind of make the feel of the game. I think good coaches, good coordinators, like really, really good ones. The ones that we talk about for years, the ones that make a difference in their careers. Those individuals, in my opinion, um, have good intuition, have good guts. And by guts, I mean like, you know, I got a gut feeling this is going to work. It doesn't always work. You're going to make mistakes, but when you feel something could work and it's unorthodox and it works, you're like, oh my gosh, what a great play call. And if it doesn't work, it's what was going on. So you're always going to have those tendency breakers. Like if a team runs, uh, you know, second and three, they run the ball every time. They did it week one, week two, week four, week seven, week nine. I, I get what you're saying.
1: I do, but but I, but I I I would have to disagree though. Like, and I'm not... I'm not I don't know nearly as much football as Jason Moss, of course. Like the guy's forgotten more football than Oliver know. However, I'm looking at the the play by play here. It's first and ten with two minutes left on the Winnipeg twenty six. And you have Frankie Hickson who is running the hell out of the ball. Yeah. And yeah. you're in you're you're almost in the red zone.
0: You remember Pete Carroll in the Super Bowl when he's got, of course, team. I was thinking of the
1: the, the Tyler Lockett and, and uh, Malcolm Butler interception, right? And apparently that was a very high percentage play. It just happened to be that the Patriots are so organized and and disciplined yeah, and, and prepared, right? They 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 practiced against that in the preseason, but they were running it well on us, and and uh, yeah, hindsight is and you're right, Darren. Maybe ninety nine percent of the time that play works. It just, I, I imagine people in Regina are wondering about that. That's the burning point for me. I think it's fairly obvious. Um, maybe you have a different one.
0: Um, so I did my best to chart the game as I always do, um, you know, kind of charting out the drives and, and, you know, what happens here and there. Um, the the second half was so low scoring uh, and, and low event for the most part until those last couple plays, you could say the, the Nick Hallett interception was, was the burning point And then the things turned their way. Um, I, I just have to give it to the decision to take the single and go down by one and get the ball to 40. It was ballsy. Yeah. It was, Oh no. Oh boy. For many Bomber fans, I'm sure. And it worked. Yeah. Because you, you know, like yeah. we, we talked about it off the top of the show. Like, it, it, uh, you know, they, they got just enough to get Mark Leggio into probably the outer parameters of his maximum range. And 55 yards, uh, was the game winner. Um, you know, you, you could probably say the burning point was, you know, Winnipeg's defense. They made some sort of halftime adjustment mm-hmm. or, or mid game adjustment and they didn't allow, like, what did they allow? Uh, points in the second half were one yeah one
1: off a right? single and that went folks that went way over his head it did he didn't misjudge the ball it went way like it was a like vedvik and pound the ball my god yeah that was a
0: 78 um, yard punt. single.
1: yeah that's massive uh so, i don't you think know, you that, that, that's, that my, out.
0: that's my burning point uh hit up the live chat what was your bonfire burning point the moment that sparked Things going the way they did, and the Blue Bombers coming away with victory number eleven this season. Could you believe that, Zach? We're like kids are headed back to school. There's like a you know a day left in summer vacation for many, Yeah. yeah. and the Bombers have eleven wins. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'll just well, say you it. remember the you, you remember the Grey
1: Cup year in, in 2019, Darren? I think they were eleven and seven. Yeah, were they not?
0: But they, they ended up the 11 process. and They're seven. About that. They started that season with Chris Streveler as their starting quarterback. Nichols comes back, gets healthy enough to, to get them to a seven and one. What was it? A seven and seven one, and two. Seven,
1: seven and two, two. right? Yep.
0: One, one yep. of those was a Streveler. No, Streveler went one and two as the starter, right? And then Nichols ripped off some wins and then, then he got hurt. And Streveler tried to row the boat the best he could. And, well, playoffs got it done on the road. The rest is history. That was yeah. kind of like Winnipeg turning the page and, and being the yeah. team we, we, we know and, and appreciate today. Um but there's yeah, there, by September. Yeah, it's, crazy. Crazy. it's a crazy there, and there's it's, some other good burning they points. Here. They didn't have a buy for 10 weeks. I, it know, really I know is astonishing. The
1: the the burning point, there's a couple other good burning points. I like the one cool. that the Dembski, uh sorry, the Legio side sleeping, the uh the potential up. blocked I'm punt, down. right? That that was huge. Scott Rogers, Dembski's touchdown, Shone's touchdown. Uh, I believe the someone said the Riders. Uh, oh, when Hicks, it was second and two, and Hickson fell down, and they had to settle for a field goal. Do you remember that play? Like Hickson felt he slipped on the turf. I think it was in the first half. He had a, mm. an easy path to a first down. I think they were marching on us. Um that was an interesting one. Um anyway, I think there's lots of I think there's lots of burning points. Uh but
0: what can, was uh what's this based on us play calling? Well, the, yeah, Go I ahead. mean that's that's why they throw, yeah. I mean, can we talk a little bit more about this Mark Leggio weave? <laughs> oh, like he had, he looked dead to rights and he just does this quick little sidestep. Like it's moments like that, that make you, okay, maybe that's what the bombers see in this kid. Like he's right. got a little bit more, you know, he's not just a kicker. Um, you know, he, he's punting the ball exceptionally well. He punted great today. I watch Mark Leggio and Ali Mortada in practice. Those guys go toe-to-toe, pardon the obvious pun, but they go head-to-head, toe-to-toe, um, pounding the football, like punting it as far as they can, punting it as high as they can to get as much uh, you know hang time for the cover teams. Uh, kicking sidewinders, kicking ones that they can, you know, maybe it's a low, you know, line drive kick, but getting a bounce, like making sure that it's the type of rotation where it's going to bounce and roll forward Uh, corner kicks across the field. You notice Saskatchewan had two punt returners back all day because Mark Mm. is a very good um, uh, directional punter. Saskatchewan has one less guy rushing, because they have one more returner back to uh, ensure Mark Leggio just doesn't pound it to the other side of the field uh, and, and uh, you know, pin them deep. So, um, good you point. know, uh, you got to give Mark Leggio credit. He didn't just hit a 55-yarder to redeem himself from a a, a tough game uh, uh, against Montreal a couple weeks ago. He has been playing very good football. Um, it's just... It, reassuring i'm sure for many uh even myself you know uh reassuring uh belief uh in a young man that that he can get the job done um mm-hmm. you know a 55 yarder on the road sold out green ocean crowd uh sea of green um that was that was impressive that was really really impressive
1: uh, yeah i mean you'll y- if you're a diehard fan, you'll always remember winning back-to-back Labor Days, uh, one off the the 55 yarder. I mean, that's that's it's a crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I think Fritchie he might have touched him, or or he was just like, uh, you know, that that C- Cody was feeling. I don't know. May- maybe just a little bit of a, a G- Willie Jefferson's haggard breath on the back of his neck. Like, who knows? But <laughs> I imagine that it uh, <laughs> it affected him.
0: But, Mark McGaith, yeah. good old friend uh, from the college days and uh, U of M Sports, tuning in from Lac de Bonnie. What a game. Yes, Mark, it, it, it sure was. Um, yes, yeah, so I wanted to get back. Okay, I totally got sidetracked. I, I wanted to talk about um, the the sibling rivalry, between you know like and people want to make their kissing cousins jokes and, and all of that fine you know lack of teeth and banjo, yeah, yeah. picking in breads and and whatever but um the sibling rivalry between the bombers and the riders Saskatchewan versus Manitoba Winnipeg versus Regina whatever um the reality is you go to Alberta and i know there's a lot of Manitobans in Alberta there's a lot of Manitobans in BC and Ontario um really across the country right but People in Saskatchewan, for the most part, are very similar to us born and raised in Winnipeg and in southern Manitoba. Our economies are similar. Our culture is similar. Yeah, one one crew cheers for the green and white. Another crew cheers for uh, the blue and gold. One crew cheers for the Jets. Another crew cheers for maybe Edmonton or Calgary or Vancouver or Vegas. I know Vegas is a, a popular team amongst uh, hockey fans here in uh, in Saskatchewan, but the reality is the a big, big, big reason why this rivalry and this special game that is the Labor Day Classic and the Banjo Bowl back-to-back is because we are effectively the same people. Like, I have so many friends here in Saskatchewan, they remind me of my friends back home. You know, they're just... Down home, good-hearted, hardworking prairie people. And um, you know, uh, I wouldn't leave Winnipeg for greener pastures any day. There's a lot of people here in Regina that say the same thing about their home province of Saskatchewan. Um, you know, just good people, and I think that adds to the rivalry because the blue and gold maniacs and the green and white maniacs they they're they're going at each other you know at at the pub on uh saturday night before the game or at the game or tomorrow driving home you're stopping in verdon you know maybe there's some rider fans well based on the verdon gas stations and how much rider stuff is in there there's rider fans in, in western manitoba we all oh, know that. i know they've overtaken the Westman,
1: man yeah like it, it's crap but i the, think you're right And it, psychologically like you know we we always we always uh despise the people most that remind us of, of, of the things we don't like about ourselves. Right. And, and so, you know, it's, it's a, you can get into some deep psychodynamic Freudian projection here, well, but don't you take
0: know, us like, there, you know, we, we all know. Well, I'll take you there for me. a
1: second, just to, you just to hammer me. home your point <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. that, you know, like if we think we have an inferiority complex, well, at least we're better than Saskatchewan. <laughs> okay. I don't understand
0: the Winnipeg inferiority complex. I really don't. If you know where you're from and you love your city and your province, why do you give a crap what somebody from Toronto thinks or somebody from Montreal thinks or somebody from from like, what do you care? I love Winnipeg. Yes. The winters suck. Just for I like three it.
1: or four weeks. Just for but three dude, or four
0: three weeks. Three or four weeks. Come on. Three or four months. It's tough. It's <laughs> tough. It's hey, dude, I was tough. on paternity
1: leave with a toddler during the COVID oh. January, February. Oh, my God. Yeah. It You're was like, hard. Hey,
0: honey, I'm going for a walk. What? It's <laughs> minus 29 with the wind chills. We need to 40. do
1: something.
0: Um, uh,
1: but you know I know, what? I know I, it should I be mean. that we shouldn't have it, but it's I a know, great rivalry because we're so similar. I think, I think, um, You know, I, I think that's, that's a good point. I, I I don't know many people in Saskatchewan. That's not a purpose, but, uh, I'll trust you on that one.
0: Do you know what I like to do when I got, uh, media friends or, 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 uh, family or visitors or whatever from out of town coming to Winnipeg and they're just like, you know, they make that drive from the airport to downtown and they're just like, oh, this is and then I take them to St. Boniface. Oh, wow. This is beautiful. And then I take them to St. Patel and, and, and some of the parks and, and, you know, around the river and I take them to St. James, take them to a park, the largest urban park in the country. We have so much to offer here. It's not just, we got the forks in the museum. Yeah, we do. That's great. There's lots of cool stuff there. The exchange district district is cool, but a lot of stuff is cool. Like throughout the city, um, you know, just outside of the city, uh, you know, the, the farmer's market in, uh, St. Norbert, um, you know, even, uh, you know, like, like some of the, like Nixon and Headingley, like just, yeah, a a good spot. Yeah. Of, you know, rural Canadiana that, that is that, you know, um, all parts of the city, like some of the great Ukrainian restaurants in, in the North end, some of the, um, uh, you know, uh, Eastern Mediterranean um, and uh, Middle Eastern food that's available uh, on North Maine or on South Pemina or North Pemina, um, you know, some of those spots, the Ethiopian restaurants that are in uh, the West end of the city, like people love slagging on Winnipeg and we have so much more to brag about than a good football team but it and, it's, and, and it's and it's and it's
1: and it's affordable here. I mean, man, that makes a big difference to to somebody like me with two kids, you know, you could you yeah. could have a, a decent sized house with a yard. You try and get that in Toronto and you're yeah. house poor for the rest of your life for Vancouver and you, the traffic you have to deal. I've lived in Toronto a couple times. But I got to ask people in the Corey. chat. I appreciate
0: uh, you staying in Winnipeg, Corey. Thanks, man.
1: Yes, thanks, Corey. Uh, Corey apparently called me Vanilla Ice earlier because I had my hat. The I think it was Corey or someone else. I, I kind of like okay. the look, Darren. What do you think? Just a little bit a little bit sideways. Well, I'm uh, just happy
0: you, got your, you don't have your screen mirrored because your your shirt almost looks like that bad four-letter word. But oh, it's,
1: yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Back off.
0: Back off. Back you. No, back off. Back the back off. Did you notice Walby on the pregame show? He had his his camera mirrored. He was using his phone from his dog, I know. Yeah. Age, and he had it looked like a D. You know, when people were sending me notes, they're like, "It looks like DB on the
1: screen." Which no, uh, you've taught me well not to mirror that that stuff. Listen, I, I would ask you and people on the chat though, Darren. I know we've got through our our, our big points here, but. What what was it like being at the Labor Day Classic? What what was the what was the Eddie fun experiences for people? Did anyone hear Golden Boy's uh, traditional yearly uh, speech, stump speech? Like what what was it like to be there? What was the crowd like? Uh, I've never even been to Mosaic. You know that's what I'm wondering about at this point. Um,
0: people might be surprised by this. Um there wasn't a ton of energy in the city. There really wasn't like there were bomber fans at, at some of the spots and like, there's tons of energy there and people are having a, a heck of a good time. You know, I uh, went to one of my favorite breakfast places here in, in Regina with uh, Jeff Hamilton and Ted Wyman and kick back, you know, like a couple bomber players strolling through. Nobody knows who they are. They're just in civilian clothes, you know, uh, you know, some of the, the Canadian players and, and the rest and people don't even realize it. Um And, you know, lots of Bomber fans, lots of Rider fans, all that. But I'll be honest, like, Winnipeg suffers in the energy area before and after games because of where the stadium is, right? There's just not a lot
1: hmm.
0: in South Pemina, right? It's a lot of strip malls. It's a lot of chain yep. restaurants. You know, there's a couple spots here and there, but, you know, n- not a ton. Um, definitely not a lot close to the stadium, like walkable distance. Uh, In Regina, everything's pretty walkable. You know, I was like a kilometer from the stadium. I walked there. It was plus 30. I was, you know, I was pretty soaked after that. But um, you can kind of get a honker to you, buddy. (laughs) Uh, You know, that that all said, Zach, sorry, you make me lose my train of thought with the happy honker. I was like, what are you talking about? I
1: know, I know. Um, But you've given me a happy honker. So I feel like you should get one
0: well i gotta earn that you gotta earn the happy honker and i have no um but downtown regina just wasn't really popping like it has in in years past is that like a uh you know a covid hangover is that because the riders were meddling uh and the bombers are so good you know like i made a joke in the press box because i'm listening to you know these radio and print reporters and be like Oh, you know the oh, here we go. It's gonna be the bombers. That's one of uh, you. know, One of twenty sacks allowed today. And I, you know, lean over you know my spot in the press box on the bench down to them. Like I think you Regina guys like the bombers more than we do in Winnipeg. <laughs> you know, uh, and then that of course you know we're we're all uh, you know doing our best to uh, cover the team objectively and then the league and the rest. But you know, you know the team you cover better than any other. So when a good team comes, like I remember. Yeah five, six years ago, the the stamps would come to town uh, and it was just like, oh boy, you know, this is a good football team. Like how's Winnipeg? That's how Sask feels right now. You know, they've they've had their ups and downs this year and probably more downs than ups. Um, And uh, they were expecting Winnipeg to really put the boots down today. Uh, I thought the riders could win this game. I didn't pick them to win. I I picked the Bombers to win by five. Um, didn't happen. They won by two, but, uh, that, that's the thing with Labor Day. Um, it, it absolutely, um, comes down. It, it's, it's absolutely going to be something weird and come down to uh, a field goal or a blowout, uh, you know, for the underdog and that sort of thing.
1: Well, and it, you know, we, I got to give a shout out to SIA.com, buddy, uh, slash bonfire because if you haven't checked it out it, it helps us at bonfire sports but it's it's a great place to bet and it's not like i'm a, a degenerate gambler i put in my 20 bucks and i've stuck with it and if i run out i run you out started But started
0: with 20 and that's all you I put in
1: started with 20 and that's all i put in now my american cousin <laughs> he's he's been sprinkling in a lot he's like it's canadian dollars i mean this is free money <laughs> but there was a great so. yeah Yeah, exactly. There was a great prop bet today uh, for Winnipeg to win by six, which was paying four and a half. You could only put in a max of 36 bucks, but Mm -hmm. you could make, you know, you think about 36 times four and a half. You could make some serious coin there. And I I think that was a reasonable expectation. You know, the Bombers are the better team, but it's the Labor Day classic. They're not going to win. I didn't like the three and a half. I wasn't as confident as you. But uh, if you if you hit that bet, you you got uh, a decent amount of coin. So I'll just say this: I'm I'm up a lot here. I'm up a lot here, and
0: uh, <laughs> my next yeah, that's, bet that's you, can, you can bet a dollar. Yeah, you can bet a dollar. Like you know what? I think I think Winnipeg's going to win the Grey Cup. I'm confident they're going to win the. You can put a buck on it. You know you can just have fun with it, right? So um yeah. you know if you're interested in doing that, uh it's super easy. siacom bonfire. You know what they're doing actually for the start of the NHL season? They're bumping that 100% bonus. Like right now if you put in between $20 and $500, they double it in bet credits, right? So you'll have to like make the bets oh, yeah. in order for that to yeah, be yeah. real money, but they're boosting it from 500 max to 1000. So they'll double nice if you're that type of player, you want to put a, you know, put a grand down, they're going to double it, uh, in bet credits, uh, on your SIA account. So use this exclusive link, SIA.com slash bonfire. If you're curious about how it all works, uh, hit the hotline, eight, one, six tips, eight, one, six, eight, four, seven, seven. Uh, I can answer the basic questions about, um, you know, uh, signing up and, uh, and, and doing what you need to do there. But, uh, very cool website, uh, Sports Interaction, a Canadian casino. So all of that funds, all those funds, uh, stay here in the country. I mean, virtually in the country. Of course, they these casinos all use um, you know banking in in, uh, in far off lands. But uh, you're you're not uh, you know it's not MGM or it's not you know some casino in Vegas uh, or in London, England or whatever. It's uh, it's based right here uh, in Canada. So check out our link, SIA.com slash bonfire
1: and I've, I see a couple people like-minded people going uh going heavy on the Argos tomorrow sorry Darren I think we've all lost our faith in Dane Evans I know it's in Hamilton but it's a pickham game and I I bet the house on it the house has gotten bigger since I, I I got my my four and a half. Not your actual house. You have,
0: you have kids to house. Yeah, need not my
1: move. actual house, but my play money house. I am that confident that Toronto is going to win that game. I just think Dane Evans is. I think he's 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 gotten. The, the, no, Evans is starting bomber fan, but Jamie Newman I think is the backup. But I just think Evans has got the yips. I think the franchise thing got to him and I think he just is, is falling under pressure.
0: Uh, Sorry to Friesen, tell you. Free freezing stating that uh, I still think the Ty cats are the superior team to Toronto. <laughs> I do. I do think they're the better team. They're losing. They've lost those games.
1: Is Newman starting? Sorry, Derek. This is what waiters is saying.
0: I don't, he was practicing this week. I haven't followed up the last couple of days. I'm gonna have to send. A Evans text to third
1: me. on the depth chart with his shoulder. Oh my god! So they announced Newman. I'm glad I. I should bet more. Newman is starting. Newman, the third. <laughs> Newman, the third stringer is starting, and and last I checked, it was a Pickham game. If oh, you don't go buddy. in on Robert, that, oh, here's our buddy Robert baby. Dalton. Uh, yes, hey Robert Dalton Rouge Radio great got, podcast.
0: Uh, he's got the pairs up as well. So he's sharing it to uh his followers on Facebook uh as well. Shout out Robert, appreciate you a lot man and uh always enjoy the stuff uh uh you share uh on social and uh and the rest on the CFL. It's always good stuff. But yeah. So Newman is a running quarterback. Like how is he going to pass the football? Um I think when uh, I think Hamilton is still I'm gonna to have to check the line. Maybe the line is moved.
1: It's still what um, It's still a pickem. They're still favored was, by one.
0: Hamilton's favored by one. Well, that's yeah. not a pick. That's not a pickem. They're favored by one. I think it was one and a half. I last saw. Isn't that uh, a pickem? Um, well, no. A pickem is zero.
1: Well, yeah, but essentially it's a pickem because you can only win by one, or you can only win by one or more. Is one that or right? more.
0: Yeah. Well, no, a pick'em would be point five, right? Or oh, okay. zero or zero.
1: But you're um, betting that that Toronto you're betting like but you're basically Hamilton betting that one.
0: Toronto's gonna win. Yeah, it's Hamilton by one. Uh this is interesting. Uh the line opened at one. Uh it then went to one and a half. Then the next day it went back to one, and then the following day it went to one and a half. And then yesterday and today, back down at one. So uh, interesting to watch that line. You have to wonder if the action, i.e., for those uh, uh, not familiar, the action being people putting bets in or money on one of those teams and it's shifting the line back um, that uh, these sportsbooks often do. So uh, very interesting to, to see that. But either way, uh, with the Thai cats favored by one, uh, you can pick Toronto and, uh, they pay 1.87. So 10 bucks wins you $8 and 70 cents, uh, plus your $10 back, of course. But, uh, you know, you can, uh, you can check that out. The, the thing I love about SIA, Zach, and I know you do too, is the prop bets. Walk yes. us through some of your prop bets. I know you hit on one today.
1: Well, apparently I was giving everyone the people's eyebrow. So thank you, Jeff Kabilis. That's one of the best compliments I've ever got. I do have the ability to... Can you do the one uh, eyebrow raise there? Yeah, you you could do both. Is his better than... Because he can do both, but he, he could do both, but they're not quite as dramatic as... Like, neither is as extreme as my one. I don't know. <laughs> uh, this is, you know, this is fascinating stuff. This is, this is just... Stevie after dark radio here or or a show actually. My, that,
0: yeah. you, you picked the bombers to win by either between one and six points, right?
1: My cousin did. He oh, cousin. uh my cousin, my American cousin who thinks that we have monopoly what money. Richard. Cousin we call him Ricky. Dick.
0: Cousin Rick, cousin Dick. We call him
1: Dick. We call him Dick. And my, my son American. now calls him Papa <laughs> Dick. Papa Dick. Anyway, <laughs> Papa Deke made some money. He he went on both sides, right? So he That's he hilarious. bet a hundred on the bombers winning by three and a half, and then he bet the thirty six on because that was the max bet on the bombers winning by between one and six, and he and he and he won that. So mm-hmm. he essentially comes out ahead because I think he paid out like one hundred and sixty two bucks on thirty six yeah. bucks. So um,
0: I think one yeah. of the lines on. From- one of the lines on the game today was uh, Frankie Hicks in uh, 38 and a half rushing yards. Are you serious? You could like smash that over. I think he had that in the first half. Um, For example, you know, there were when, when Montreal was in town, a lot of people put money on the bombers to win like on the money line. Right. And if you lose by three on FAA.com slash bomber. And I
1: did, you get your
0: money back. Because your, your money line pick is just whoever wins the game. If your team you pick loses by three exactly, it's a wash. You get your money back. Yeah. Um, a lot of people lost on that game with picking the Bombers to cover nine points because they thought they were going to beat up on Montreal. Um, where I saw value was uh, Trevor Harris was 25 and a half pass attempts. And I thought, okay, they got Jeshurun Antwi, They've got uh, Trevor Harris and some very good receivers. They could very well be trailing in this game. The over looked really, really good on that. And, you know, say you plunk down a you know a, a fair chunk of change there, you do quite well uh, on some of those prop bets. Uh, same with the Bombers to win the Grey Cup. Or uh, think about it, Nathan Rourke goes down to injury. You could put a little on the Bombers to win the Grey Cup, put a little on the Stampeders to win the Grey Cup. Kind of hedge your bet a little bit. You'll probably come out on top. Uh, just yep. some of the, the small little things you can do. Uh, check it's them out. It's fun.
1: Those props yeah. are fun. No, I'm yeah. having. I'm I having a lot of fun. Flash
0: Bonfire. Get there. Sorry, Zach.
1: And you know what? For people who think, oh, betting, it, it's a, it can be addictive. It, it can be, but it's one of those things like betting and fantasy that that have frankly turned people into CFL fans if they weren't because it, it just catches it catches your attention, right? If you don't care about the CFL and then you're like, oh, can I make some money on here or can I beat my friends in fantasy here uh, and get the prize, whatever, that, uh, you know, everybody pays for my fancy steak dinner. Like those are the things that attract people sometimes to your game. And uh, it's uh, it's fun, but it can be addictive. And of course, I I will do the uh, public uh, public address announcement. Right. Do
0: it responsibly. Do it safe. No, like set a limit just say this is what's in that's what I'm leaving it at. Um, and, uh, you know, budget appropriately, uh, you don't have to go overboard. It's, it's more fun to just win, not win a bunch or lose a bunch. So, uh, uh be sure you do it responsibly and, uh, keep it here in Canada, S I slash bonfire. Uh, Zach, I want to talk about the other Zach
1: mm. I
0: talk about Zach Kolaris. Um, his numbers don't knock your socks off. He was 63% tonight. Uh, through the first half, I think he was well over 80%. Uh, Threw for 214 yards. Do you remember when Matt Nichols would go 15 to 24 for 214 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, bombers would win? And they'd be like, oh, imagine if we had a quarterback. Imagine if we had a quarterback that could throw for 300 and, 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 Four touchdowns and like, be explosive. You don't need to be. You don't need to be every single week. What did Zach Kolaris do today? Perfect pass to Nick Dembski for a 50-plus yard touchdown. Perfect pass on a broken play, extending the play, rolling out off schedule, off balance, throwing on the run. Uh, And perfect pass to Dalton Schoen, for his rookie was, leading ninth touchdown of the season, uh, I think he's tied for
1: the lead overall, Darren, with nine with, with he, guys oh, oh, like Rhymes. Yeah, I saw that on TSN.
0: Rhymes has a whack load though. I he think they're tied, dude. Effort. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up right now. But Zach Kolaris is just. So impressive to watch. Uh, yeah, he had the fumble today, but that was a strip sack by Pete Robertson. Um, you know, it's The other tough team's good too, coming. right? You got a guy who's, you know, 6'5 or whatever, wrapping his arms around you. It's hard to hang on to that football when you're trying to escape. But Kolaris just keeps getting it done and keeps operating that offense so effectively. Uh, the big passing numbers don't matter if you watch the game and you watch Kolaris find Wolitarski for four second down conversions, finding Nick Dembski for critical yards and big first down pickups, uh, you know, in- ensuring that his arm is enough of a threat. So you can find stuff underneath between the layers of D line linebacker safety and the DBs in, in zone coverage and the rest. Um, Everybody knows how good Zach Kolaris is, but even in games where he throws 63% for 214 yards, he's clean in the pocket, no turnovers, two touchdowns, beautiful throws, uh, and he comes away with another victory. Whatever his record is now in meaningful starts as the Bombers quarterback, 28 and two, or whatever it is. Kolaris uh, is uh, a huge reason why Winnipeg uh, is 11 and one this season. And man, oh man. Uh, I don't know if, if Bomber Nation would trade him for any other quarterback, even Nathan Merck.
1: No, you wouldn't be. He's a winner, right? He's a winner and he's a leader. That's the other thing is he's a leader. And I've talked about this before. Yeah. You know, he came into to a loaded locker room with a great culture in 2019 and he fit right in. And, and O'Shea said, there's no one else. What's
0: this? Oh, Matt Carr says it's super fun to bet on the track (laughs) games. You can scream at third string QBs that didn't know about the day before. Uh, Uh Absolutely. It makes games interesting, right?
1: Sign Guy is threatening to, uh, you know, he's blackmailing us to give him more attention or he's just going to jump ship. Uh, Sign Guy. Yeah, come on, Sign Guy. We promote your articles. We parted with you at the Grey Cup.
0: I'm not noticing this highlight he's, me, or I'm going to see. He's mad joking. though.
1: He's <laughs> mad that I'm not that I haven't bought my Grey Cup ticket, and he's been he's been he's been trolling me for a while on that. I love my. Got side to guy. shout out,
0: Tony. Yeah, Carvalho, Tony, live on Facebook, uh, live it. from Regina. He's paired up his social media channels, so sharing Bonfire Sports nice. uh, to uh, the rest of, of his audience and friends on social media. Um, everybody's gonna be watching Sign Guy. There he goes, joking. Love you all, he says. Uh, everybody's know, gonna be watching him, uh, in the stands. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I know that winners. Uh, Sign Guy, Don, you were teasing a Sarah Orleski sign Ooh, this week. Uh, sure, the, hope it's the Sarah Network, to-
1: the Sarah Network. It works perfectly. No, just I'm about pretty, Zach Kolaris, um, he's a winner, man. What can you say? He could put up the same numbers as, as Nichols, but. He does it in a different way, and he has the ability to finish games, which I don't think Nichols did. What's this?
0: Yeah, Dom Rhymes really nine, Alton Shone nine, and then Henry yeah. Lawler five with the rest. It's uh, nuts, man! No kidding, hey. Eh? And, and if Ellingson
1: easy. doesn't get hurt, I don't know that uh, he has that number of touchdowns because I think Ellingson probably vultures a few of those. But yeah, he, he's. He's a winner. And look, the difference between him and Cody Fajardo tonight, Cody Fajardo had had 70 more yards of passing. Mind you, that, like I said, that pass to Dembski that Milligan, who wasn't even really covering Dembski, came over and tipped away at the last second. I mean, he gets that. He, he has over 300 yards and three touchdowns. But the, the guy, the guy is a winner. He's a gunslinger. He's like Brett Favre. Right, he, he, he. I think he's the CFL version of Brett Favre, but he's he's won two. He's more. He's won three championships actually. Mm-hmm. But he's a good. He's such a good leader, and he's not as much of a drama king as as Brett Favre. But he's he's humble. They were even talking in the pregame about how nice he was to Fajardo when Fajardo took his spot because he got hurt. Like he's just a good dude. It takes a special person to uh, to fit into the FIFo locker room, Darren. And uh, it's just fun to watch because you know you always have a chance with with Zach Kolaris, right?
0: Yeah. Great comments about Kolaris uh, in the the live chat. And I I agree with Scott Roger, who uh, I finally got to meet at the Rifles game. Uh, Nice. upset win over the saskatoon hilltops uh last week in winnipeg 1960 look out for the rifles check them out for their full schedule riflesfootball.com and and head out to a game they they put on a a heck of a show calgary in town september 11th 11 a.m at east side eagles field but uh, what happens is scott roger finds ways and doesn't let mistakes get to him that has stood out so much to me this year i even asked Kalaris about it and he kind of you know sloughed it off a little bit like you know hey you just gotta you know he's you modest yeah but i mean that is not an easy thing to do he no. throws in tight windows throws a pick maybe it's a t- you know maybe it's a bad pick and then the next play pff, tight window like going after it uh, does not yeah. change the way he plays no matter what Snap and clear is the way Carl often puts it. Uh, Flush it uh, is, you know, uh, another way uh, a lot of Bombers players have have talked about in the past. One thing to say, it's one thing to do it from week to week or game to game after a tough loss or whatever. But from play to play, you know, especially like you throw a pick and then the other team scores and then you're back out on the field. Often the body language is like, oh, man, we blew it. But it's not it's let's go score. Let's go fricking score. He's right so now.
1: competitive, eh? Like he's got that drive to win. Uh, he's, he's a really mild mannered guy, kind of a funny guy, even in interviews that I've seen. But when he gets on the field, like he wants to win and win badly. Like you see it. and it, yeah. I saw it playing angry a little bit in the BC game. Uh, you know, he gets up for those Calgary games, right? His record against Calgary and the elite teams is off the charts. He's just, he has the it factor, man. It, it, it I don't know if you can say it any other way that he has the it factor. And he also owns Cody Fajardo. I don't think he's ever lost to Cody Fajardo. Has he? I don't think so. I think he's beating him like a rented mule every time, buddy. <laughs> Not like a rented yeah. mule. Maybe a real mule.
0: Maybe a an owned mule an owned well you got to bring if it's rented you got to bring it back if it's yeah. owned well you don't want They're to never going to rent it
1: to you again if you, you beat it too
0: that's that's just the way it is but uh uh i digress oh it's another one Jeez.
1: days shot for darren but no he's got he's got the it factor but Here's yeah the, someone I, asking me, here that the crowd who, how was
0: the crowd Was it loud? Lots of energy. No, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you know, there's peppered seats that are empty, but understand like it's Mosaic isn't like IGF in the way that it's like a wide open concourse, but there are concourse areas where you can see the field. It's just not the entire ring. All right, this way, this way. It's not the entire ring, um, like IG is. Um, but you know, people congregate, people wander, uh, People go to the bathroom. People grab donuts or, or, or uh, you know, a hot dog or whatever. Uh, they just definitely don't use it as a straw in their beer. Um, but yeah, energy was energy was really good uh, there tonight. I don't know if uh, people caught my video. I, I posted to Twitter real quick. Uh, went into the stands uh, about five, 10 minutes before kickoff. And yeah, had some rider fans chirping, you know, they're slapping their butts and waving their flags and, uh, you know, their, their Cape flags and, and, doing all this stuff, but all in good fun. Uh, that's why I showed up in a black shirt. Uh, I didn't want to uh, draw too, too much attention to myself one way or the other, but um, yeah, it's, it's always fun. Like mosaic. I, I I've heard horror stories. Of the way fans would treat one another at Taylor Field back in the day, uh, I haven't heard anything uh, as of late. I, I just don't think uh, pro sports organizations put up with the crap that maybe people tried to get away uh, from, uh, uh, get away with uh, back then. Uh, how loud was it there compared to IGF? So hard to do. Because the press box is fully enclosed at Mosaic Uh, in Winnipeg on those beautiful summer nights, like the last couple home games with, you know, 30,000 plus against Montreal against Calgary. We have the windows open in Winnipeg. So you can tell how loud it is. Um, I'll say this speculatively, but comfortably. I think the roof at IG Field helps hold in more noise than the... Mm -hmm sheltered more of a shelter mm-hmm. style toilet toilet seat yes
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> i mean at, do you, you the, have to get up to
0: go to the bathroom the
1: whole thing is a toilet seat
0: that's right that's right but uh that said it is a beautiful stadium it really yeah, really it is it does a beautiful look nice. stadium um you know i'll, I'll you know it's one a one b you know i think winnipeg stadium is set up better But I think Mosaic Stadium is more polished. So take that what you will. I've been underneath both of these stadiums, like the facilities in Winnipeg and and, and Sask, like they're beautiful. Like the Regina Rams, the University of Regina, uh, the Manitoba Bisons football program, the Winnipeg Rifles football program. uh, Very fortunate to have fantastic facilities like they have. Um, in the prairie provinces that kind of goes mm-hmm. back to what we were saying about um, you know sibling rivalry between Winnipeg and Regina oh, Obama, yeah. and the Stamps. and and
1: we we uh, love the CFL and these these people love their CFL right the, yeah and that's that's just great you know it's it's uh, it, it, it's awesome so
0: um, so that, that was a bit of a comparison between the two uh, Randall asking as well. but as far as the noise, uh, it probably gets as loud. I know Winnipeg is the CFL's loudest fans, and I believe they are. But it gets really loud at Mosaic. It really does. Uh, what I find interesting, though, I hope I'm not uh, giving a competitive advantage to other teams here, but uh, you still got to bring the crowd. The crowd noise is a factor to an offense. But what I noticed is the Rider fans got loud when Winnipeg was on offense. But they kind of let Kolaris get to the line of scrimmage and quickly mm. say, okay, you know, slap clap his hands a couple of times, snaps them. like often he does all of his communicating and then the crowd roars. Well, that's
1: dumb. And when it like, like like as, as a as a fan, Darren, as soon as I see that play clock start, the 20 second clock, I'm screaming. Because or even before, as soon as I see them huddle, that's what you gotta scream.
0: Yes. You don't well, scream Vin- when they Vin- get Vin- to the Vin- line Vin- of
1: scrimmage. They've especially already decided the what they're going to do.
0: Yeah, especially in the second half Winnipeg was really <laughs> getting to the line of scrimmage quickly. I heard people in the press box being like, "Look how quickly they're running up to the line. Like Sask does not do that. The Riders do not do that. They do they take their time." getting to uh, the line. They're a bit slower than us, right? Thanks for joining us. As always, you two have a good one. Uh, Always great to have uh, Tauzen and everybody, you know, all of our favorites, uh, BA Corey waiters, uh, Andrea uh, Phyllis was in here earlier. uh, Lynette uh, bomber fan, uh, Rob Mahoney, sign guy, Jeffrey, like everybody. Uh, Awesome. Jeff Kabilis. Yes. Jeff Kabilis. I gotta meet this uh, guy. I Sparks saw. Yeah, blind. you know what? I, I want to meet. I want to meet Jeff Kabila's too. I, I saw some of his social media posts from uh, Hustlers and and Winnipeg Sports Talks trivia night at uh, Little Brown Jug Brewing. Uh, that looked like uh, a lot of fun. I'm with you, Phyllis. Uh, the concourse at IG Field is awesome. Uh, the fact that you can stand in line for a beer and not miss a moment uh, is, is pretty great. Um, yeah,
1: Turkinator. Yeah. I got to meet you. We almost met yeah. each other. Neil, we met pumper Andrea Sandy of course Tamara was on here Jeffrey you already said Jeffrey concourse is too tight I'll give you that bomber fan
0: it is get that way because I think they just a lot of people just hang out there they just hang out there
1: and who's this Anthony Jerkowski what do you mean who is this guy I've never seen you on the chat before he's saying I miss Canadian football bombers D got them another one just incredible so miss your football Thanks for watching, Anthony. Appreciate you watching, uh, buddy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so
1: any (laughs) last words? Like, what do we? What do we? uh, What do we want to finish on
0: here? A Labor Day win. Remember, I was telling you how the city was kind of dead. It's probably rocking. It's probably rocking right now. I'm sitting here in a beautiful hotel room that is not mine. I borrowed it just for you out there watching uh, bonfire starters and uh, everybody watching in bonfire sports. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and, and BonfireSports.ca. Um, I kind of want to hit hit the town at least for a little bit, and, and yeah, uh, buddy. I want to s- yeah a little bit of, of like. Yeah, is that saying too much? Like, drink in a little b- bit of Regina. Um. Yeah. Somebody's gonna make make fun of me for that. So maybe we I should get out so. here before the live chat starts <laughs> to me. And
1: Anthony lives in
0: Roseville
1: california that's super cool nice. i assume you're welcome. one you're from winnipeg but uh yeah very 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 cool man i'm glad randall you, uh, appreciate
0: you watching yeah thanks uh thanks for being on the road hey you know uh, you're welcome I'm, I'm glad to be here and uh, uh bring it all uh as much as i can yes gregory i will be safe always rolling in pack <laughs> uh and uh ensure that uh you know uh, everybody is safe Hit the parties. Yeah, Craig, I, I probably will. Uh, let me know if you're uh, around town. I know you're a Saskatchewan uh, guy these days. Uh, maybe we can uh, uh, grab a quick one together. But um, this was awesome. You know, love Labor Day, love the banjo bowl, the the week, week and a half that encompasses it all. Uh, and I'm sure Bomber fans very happy the uh the Blue Bombers able to come away with a 2018 win in a game that was tied 17 all at halftime. Uh what an unbelievable finish with unbelievable. Mark Ragino kicking a 55 yarder in mosaic for the win. The bombers keep dominating this building uh since it is opened.
1: It's amazing. It's it's always an amazing feeling to beat the Riders, and especially on Labor Day, my friend. And people may not believe me, Darren, but I will say it in my heart. I I, I really felt that the Bombers needed to get a turnover to win the game. Mm-hmm. The way the game was going, I thought we just we just need one, and we got it. And Cody Fajardo threw. The one ball he shouldn't have thrown. Sure, maybe they were trying, maybe it was some kind of screen and and that you know they were going against a run blitz, as one of the chatters said earlier. You know, I'm sure there was a reason they did through through that ball. But this defense, they let a yard let, let a lot of the yards go, but it, it it the perfect part part of the game, buddy, when it counted, right? Yeah. Willie Jefferson is breathing down his neck. He he misses Frankie Hickson to the to his right. Frankie taps the ball up into the air and gifts it, gifts it to Nick Hallett. And nice for Nick Hallett to get a bit of a gift, hey, eh? because he's been he's a backup and he's been grinding and uh, and hitting hard. Uh, so listen, man, what a great way to to win the game, and, and always fun to win on Labor Day. Doesn't happen very often. Last time we won twice in a row was 2004. So, you go and party, my friends. Yes, there were some stabbings in in uh, in Regina. That it's quite scary, actually. We didn't hit that, but uh, Rob,
0: Rob wants my passwords in case something happens while I'm out tonight. Uh, I will be. <laughs> He's safe. wearing a
1: black T-shirt, guys. Come on,
0: <laughs> everybody loves.
1: Every apparently has a lot of friends in Saskatchewan. Everybody loves bombing in Saskatchewan.
0: Well, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> you, know I know. you know what? You know what? I will say this. I'm walking on the con in the concourse about three minutes before kickoff, uh, and three rider fans, all you know, green jerseys. Uh, one of them goes, Hey, love your work. And I was like, Wow, bonfire is not just what? about bomber nation. Uh, there are rider fans that uh love. Um, love watching Bonfire and appreciate it. So that's so cool. Uh, everybody out there, you are Bonfire Sports. The Bonfire is about gathering around and talking sports, getting into the live chat, texting the hotline, calling in, leaving voicemails. I, I get back to every text and Twitter reply or, or mention or whatever um, that I get my way if I'm able to. Uh, sometimes you ask questions or, or go air Like, I, you know, sometimes I just can't uh, or, or choose not to, but I generally get back to everybody. So you guys are the fire star. You guys are the fire starters. You're the reason we do this uh, and, and we will continue to do it for you. So appreciate the support. Uh, get over to SIA.com slash bonfire, sign up, Uh, throw a throw a you know a a buck on the game or a buck on the bombers, uh, to win the great cup if if you want. Uh, have some fun, uh, and and support our sponsors, including Joe Daly's sports cards. We're going to crack open some more packs on Tuesday's show. I sure hope I can get to, I gotta, I gotta get another box. We already went through those first, and uh, get this, we sold a bunch of rider cards to riders fans. And Stampeders cards to Stampeders fans. I got enough cash. Big shout out Bomber History on Twitter. Our good friend hey. Kate, uh brokering these deals with his connections in the sports memorabilia sphere. And we got enough money to get another box of cards. And what we're going to do is collect all the Bomber's cards and give those away oh, uh, as a prize here uh, on the channel. It's going to be uh, a ton of fun. But uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, last word to you, Zach. Uh, as I head into the night and yeah, uh, buddy, return to dad duty uh, with the fam back home. Oh, what?
1: Oh, hold on a second. This mug has still never been claimed by Andrew. It has not. So, what are we going to do with it? Tuesday, I assume we're giving away more uh the sports ball stuff. Do we have anything left?
0: Yes, we do. Yeah. Okay. Got so, no so tune in Tuesday,
1: course. folks. Yeah. I I think we have to we have to assume Andrew is. uh is not going to get the mug i don't know man
0: well maybe this is a private conversation you guys know andrew or if you can get him to get at us uh otherwise you know we'll, we'll maybe reprise it when we run out of prizes and okay. if if andrew eventually gets to us we'll, we'll put something together for him but uh yeah all right you guys that's that's why we love giving back uh, and uh, uh you know uh, giving you guys some prizes and, and things to look forward to uh here buddy
1: steve is throwing a c into SIA oh nice nice nice
0: you uh, want to use the live the the exclusive link sia.com yeah you got it yeah bonfire uh and uh, that will ensure uh to help us here on the channel okay zach appreciate you man uh go tuck your little ones in for the night if they're not already oh and, they're uh, in, in bed be, are you nuts they're I'm gonna go have a bite to eat i've been uh, enjoy
1: my friend thank you and uh Hey, buddy, we won on Labor Day. Nothing, you know, not much is better aside from the Great Cup or playoff wins, buddy. And uh, thank you to everyone who joined the chat. Great time. Why I'm going to rewatch the game. Welcome. Oh, there Come
0: you on. go. Come on there back. You go. We will do this again on Tuesday, Bonfire Midweek, live at 7.30 Central Time. And then, of course, leading into the Banjo Bowl, the day before the game, Chris Walby joins me live at 3 o'clock for Game Day Winnipeg. and... This man, the Schnitz, Zach Schnitzer, will join me right back here on Bonfire Sports for game day after dark following the Banjo Bowl. It's going to be a great one. Bombers win 2018, continue their dominance at Mosaic 11 and one, locking down a playoff spot one way or another. It's early September. They got 11 wins. Things are going the Blue Bombers way. Uh, Zach, you're happy. I'm excited. Dynasty, baby.
1: (laughs) Appreciate everybody uh,
0: joining us here uh, on the channel. Um, Thanks so much. And, uh, hey, yeah, we will see you next time.
1: Sayonara, everyone. Go blue.